0: Episode one hundred and eight of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Greg. So, Tom, you're you're looking a little bit sharper today. You've got your your fancy wee he- headphones, and you've got no you've got no cap on this time. to Hide that that big barnet of yours. You've got a little bit of a uh, a five pm shadow or whatever the hell you call it. So <laughs> things, are, things are looking up. You've got a couple of pictures in the wall behind you. It's not just a. You know, you're not just sit. you haven't just been quarantined into a box by Fiona, so you're on the up, Tom, eh?
1: You know what the difference is today? Do you know what, today, Marks, right, today is the first day this year I haven't run.
0: What the hell? Are right. all right? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> and, and it's it's a choice. I, I've had. To, I've actually
1: been, I've decided, decide, I'll get into my training when we get to it, but yeah, I haven't run today, and I don't intend to run today. I, I've decided, I don't want the street to get out of hand. I need. I really do need a bit of rest day. So rest day today, down week this week, and then we'll be back on it. So, yeah, maybe um, that's why. Maybe that's. I've got the look of a fr- of freshness already. Hopefully.
0: Are you feeling? How are you feeling for having like no running? Do you feel depressed or do you feel like? You no. Know, I feel, feel like deep? I feel like I'm a bit of a loose. That, uh,
1: especially at lunch, I felt like I was a bit of a loose end because I was usually I go, um, you know, I go out at lunch on a Monday and. Yeah, obviously I obviously didn't. Fiona went out for a run, so I just did some strength and conditioning, some unlace to brace. And oh, nice. uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a, bit bizarre. But anyway, I'm, I'm. That's obviously what I'm looking like. Whereas you look like a man just come back in from a run, as you. Oh, do, that's do, do the difference. I mean? As you swallow, swallow, back
0: some purple juice. Well, oh, well, I've not only got purple juice, I've got a cheeky wee vitamin, vitamin, vitamin. Very good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to. Opening this as we stand, what, what
1: have you got yourself? I'm on a, a windswept blonde tonight. So as yeah, so this, yeah. As a reminder, this is our this is a, this episode for the last time is brought to you by Windswept Brewing. Uh, you should know Windswept by now, with a, a Lossy Mouth based brewery who we've been loving working with, loving drinking their beers the last four weeks. And maybe a good place to start the show actually is just to bring Nigel on.
0: Bring him on, yeah, why not? And then we'll we'll ramble on uh, about how our running's been there. Eh? So Absolutely. you've been chatting to Nigel. Uh, I, apologies, I missed it. I had a Disney quiz that I had to attend. So, um, But yeah, I'm sure it was a cracking wee chat you had. Uh, all, all things beer, no doubt. So here it goes.
1: Tonight, I'm absolutely uh, delighted to be joined by Nigel Tiddy from uh, Windswept. So welcome to the show, Nigel. Well,
2: thanks very much. Nice, nice, to, nice to be
1: here. It's great to be here. Brilliant. This is great. I mean, this is I a mean, dreams come true for TRS to interview the manager director of a brewery. It's, uh, it's a really, it combines our two favourite things, running and, and beer. So for our listeners who are not northeast based, tell us a little bit about Windswept Brewing and, and where you've come from and uh,
2: where you are today. Well, Windswept uh, Brewing Company. We're a, we're a, we're a little tiny little brewery uh, in Lossiemouth, um, uh, up here on the north Coast of Scotland. It's uh, started uh, myself and a friend of mine, Al Reid. Uh, we uh, both ex Air Force, uh, flew um, the Tornados at Lossie for quite a few years.
3: Okay.
2: Um, and after leaving, we started basically started playing with beer in a garage, and and after a few years and, and lots of people sort of saying how much they enjoyed. what well, what we produced we thought we'd, we'd give it a go commercially and see uh, see whether on a small scale we could uh, we could we could get get people to enjoy some nice nice beers locally um, and so that's and that was well 2011 took us about a year to um, to put everything together and get the brewery up and running and we first brewed in November 2012 nice um, the start of start of uh, windswept brewery company
1: what was your first what was the first beer you uh, you brewed as well, a, as a brewery
2: well the first beer so when you get when you get the kit at the start, the first thing you do is you do a, you know, a practice brew, basically. What you do is you put through um, the kit of beer so that you learn how to use it because every all brewing kits are a little bit different. And we have gone from working with tiny you know, 20, 40, I think eventually we had a 60-litre brewing run in my garage um, up to 1,600 litres. It's quite a big jump, so okay. it's a bit of a change for us. So we had to learn all about that. So we did a brew. We were going to do our blonde, actually, which is what I'm going to have a drink of. Is it and what I'm on as well? <laughs> and uh, um, we, uh, so we, we, we planned to do a blonde, put it through, but the efficiency of the mash ton um, on the bigger scale was so, so much greater than our, our well, picnic cool box that we had in the uh, garage <laughs> that we just got, much more sugar out of the, the barley than uh, than we'd expected and so it was going to be a stronger beer we couldn't get it liquor it back enough so we thought well, we'll just run it through see how it goes um and you know it's just a practice run so we'll probably end up putting it down the drain but we'll see how it goes so we Al changed the hops a little bit forward a couple of weeks and it's all fermented out and we've done a bit of dry hopping had a bit of a play with it and we tasted it in the brewery and went well oh, actually this isn't this isn't bad <laughs> and so that's how we do a beer called APA um, American mm-hmm. Hot Pale Ale and that so that was actually the very first brew was the first time that was ever brewed we'd not practiced it we'd not trialed it we'd not done anything uh, and uh, so yeah that was the first beer we brewed in the brewery although the intention was to do blonde but because of the nature of the equipment um, uh, took us by surprise so uh, it's also called, uh, in the brewery, we know it's known as the accidental pale ale because
1: it's. A- <laughs> that's good. So you mentioned, I mean, that's uh, you know that as a brewer, I'm sort of quite you know familiar with uh, with your your range, and it's been really nice to to drink through them. Uh, I didn't realise you were your ex air force, so I guess that, that I I assume there, there was a tie with the um, you know being up in that um, part of the world. But you know we see you know we we see tornado and, and hurricane. Um, that's pretty cool that you've you've obviously kept that uh, theme going.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we we wanted to keep a bit of a link. Clearly, tornado we were we were. It's a wind as well, clearly. But oh, yeah, yeah we, wanted, we, <laughs> we wanted to keep that that link. Um, and uh, when the so when the typhoons came, uh, clearly we we wanted to to do a beer for them as well. So um, we, we we did the, the typhoon. So t- tornado is a single hop. Citra, Citra is a lovely sort of fruity hop, um, and uh, uh, India Pale Ale it's quite strong six six point seven percent, and Typhoon is well because it's it's not a tornado, we made it a little bit weaker, um, so that's two <laughs> percent, and uh, but with Amarillo hop, so it's lovely actually. Um, Amarillo is all mandarin sort of fruity tangerine orange flavors. It's great.
1: Nice, and one thing we love about the you know we're, we're big fans of is your your sort of your strap line best when you've owned it Where where's that come from
2: well there's a there's a bit of a story to this so before when I was playing with beer in the garage I I um I a friend of mine quite about 15 years ago or so got me into ski mountaineering and uh around about 2010 I think it was we were, um, we did a, my first big ski tour, uh, which was the Tour de Grand Rousse, which is three 10,000 foot peaks um, in the French Alps. Big, big, big day out um, I, and uh, amazing, quite an amazing uh, trip. Wow. But at the end of it, I was, uh, guys, then my friend was very fit. The guide was very fit. I wasn't that fit. And I, have no, I was utterly, utterly gone, just shattered. Got to the end of the uh, trip. We skied into the uh, into the, the the resort, and of course, you're going to have a beer at the end of it all. And and what we had was all they had was uh, Eurofizz, you know. So it was a fizzy lager. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, it was fresh, and it was okay. But we were sat there looking up at the peaks we'd just done at, at this fantastic tour we'd just spent the whole day doing. And I and I sat there thinking, I'd rather be drinking a better beer. Than this. <laughs> up there i deserve something better than this so that was where the thought first well really when we started the brewery we were trying to think about trap and everything and i remembered that moment and went it's got to be best when you, you know well i don't know where that was that came out straight away but basically that idea that you know it tastes so much better if a good quality beer just say so much better when you've just done something that you've, you, you feel a bit, a bit a little bit proud of and uh, you know it's an achievement
1: Absolutely. And you know, that was something you and I mentioned just before we, we start recording about one thing in, in the running world we see in the, particularly in the US, there's a real culture of, of beer and racing together. And that, you know, I know from myself having run, uh, you know, Chicago Marathon, Boston Marathon, uh, races over in California, Oregon, that there's always a brewery present at the finish. And there's a real feeling of you've, you've earned the beer. Uh, and it's, uh, it's nice to your local race or, you know, it's a local beer, but also that sort of social aspect of that, community feel to it um and and yeah it's great i think it's uh the best one isn't it? it's great and runners can absolutely attest to that
2: yeah yeah well local there's there's so orienteering locally and quite often we're, we, we get a bit involved with, with bits and pieces with those guys as well uh, yeah i think sport it's a difficult thing i think in the uk it's a difficult thing sport and alcohol that they there's a there's an odd relationship but You know, I I think it's a really positive thing because, you know, the exercise keeps you healthy and keeps you socially healthy. And for me, it's a perfect, perfect mix.
1: So the best one you've earned, right? So we're, we are, I mean, I'm a marathon runner primarily. Kyle's an ultra marathon runner. So we, we like to run for a long time. What's, uh, what we give us, let's talk about some beer recommendations. You finished a, you finished a race. You're looking to be, you're, you're, you're thirsty. You're looking for that sort of, refreshing hit and a, a bit of a you know something that really that you've deserved what was your what was your recommendation for a, a post-run beer because i know from your website there's a lot of a lot of the the, the beers have got a best when you've kite surfed for example so what's yeah. your post, yeah. post yeah. uh summer right. run beer
2: i would say any any of the lighter beers so anything you know we've got we've got blonde would be good four percent mm. not too strong um so you see so i read there was an article in runner's world quite a long time ago that i read and and it said beer and crisps is the best one of the best recovery foods it's got it's got it's got water so it rehydrates you it's got salt and uh, carbohydrates so it gets your energy levels back up replenishes the salts and alcohol is a relaxant so it helps your muscles that's what they said, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not, anyway. <laughs> so, but, you know, something like Blonde or Aurora as well, 3.8%, yeah. not too strong, easy to drink, and, uh, and um, well, help, helps you a bit, bit to rehydrate and freshen yourself up a little bit. We also do a beer called Hurricane, mm-hmm. 4.5%. And that's If you like a hoppy, really hoppy beer, that's uh, that's a good one, um, it's got Citro Amarillo hop in it, so it's just, it's a bit brighter on the fruit hop flavors. Uh, so that's that's a good one as well. Matt, maybe steer steer clear of the of our ten and a half percent Russian imperial stuff. <laughs> later on, later on in
1: the night. My, uh, no, I've got to say the Hurricanes. I mean, my brother-in-law, he's a he's a, he's a big uh, windswept fan. And when we have our family sort of get together, he tends to bring a, a keg um, of Hurricane, which always goes down well. I was finding, always goes down well after a, I often get a long run the hills and I'm away with those guys. So that's. That's cool. And actually, we know you've released a new beer called Halo recently, and that yes. seems to be. I know that there's at there to be a bit of cycling um, angle to that on your marketing. Is that? Uh, is I mean, running, cycling, surely
2: that's a. Uh, that that seems partly, sort of cool. Yeah, it all goes. All, all goes together. It's it's uh, we. I mean, we clearly we put a sport against against the beer and, and think about Halo. It's a it's a, it's, a, it's a Czech pilsner. It's yeah. It's, it's sort of good. F- it's it's good, cold and crisp. So after any, particularly in the summer, most cycling goes on in the summer, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, it's perfect, perfect for that. And uh, but yeah, it would be great after a run as well. Definitely, uh, definitely would work. work nice.
1: Well. I need to get. I need to order some of those up. We've just. Um, I've been uh, as a, not a post run beer, more of a sort of Saturday night uh, in during lockdown. I've been enjoying some of your witch pricker recently, which is a that's a lovely drop.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, we're very pleased with that, actually. That's the first uh, chocolate stout we've done. Um, but because we are, so all our beers, so Al and I made a decision when we started, actually, that we wouldn't use finings. Um, finings are isinglass, thing called isinglass, which is um, it's a protein you get from the swim bladder of a sturgeon, traditionally. Okay. Um, so it's not suitable for vegans, vegetarians. So um, and when Al and I started brewing, if I'm absolutely honest, we weren't really sure because we'd never used filings. We weren't really sure what they were or how we were going to use them, and um, we we basically said, "Well, I'm not sure why we'd want to use these really." So um, we've just we've chased done certain bits and pieces to get the beer clear because that's what they do—they clarify the beer. But it means that our beers are suitable for for vegans and vegetarians and the witch pricker. So quite a lot of chocolate stouts. They'll have uh, lactose in them to make them a bit sweeter and give a mouthfeel. Okay. Um, uh, so, but so we've we've gone away from that. So it's not. It's quite dark chocolate sort of, mm-hmm. sort of uh, uh, chocolate stout, which um, which yes, it seems to be going down very well.
1: It's lovely. Yeah, lovely. It's one. Um, I know. I've uh, Kyle's been. He's he's getting involved in that as well after a recommendation from me. So yeah. that's great. Um, so tell me, Nigel, do you do do you do much running?
2: Well. I... It's all relative.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We, we <laughs> welcome everyone as runners on here.
2: I do run. I mean, I run, I run to keep fit to do other stuff, although I, do, I have done the odd. I mean, I did the, the, turkey, do the, did the turkey trot this year. And, cool. Um, but I don't, don't sort of run for competition. I run to keep fit because it's a really good way of, it doesn't take mm-hmm. too long to go for a run necessarily, but it, it, it's really good for your fitness levels to do other stuff. Um, but I probably, well, I try and go out, once or twice a week, maybe get out three or four times a week. Sometimes um, we're lucky here. Um, I'm in a We've got some lovely woods nearby. There's a little lock we can go up and run around. So mostly I do nearly all my running on trails rather than the roads. I'm not. on
3: okay.
2: you do not know, running on the roads, but uh, yeah, mostly trail running. Nice bits and pieces, and I've done. I've done. Yeah, I've done some some bigger bigger things, but not any great. Not at any great pace, or but 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 enjoyed it. I re, I, I do love my running, and I, and I love very occasionally now. You know, go out for a longer run, and it's just it's a nice, great way to just clear your head. Absolutely, and and uh, blow out, blow away the cobwebs, but also you know, sort of think things through. I've, I've, it's a great thinking time for me. I uh, I love I love running, particularly so if you've had a at the end of a busy day or a, something's happened and you just want to think it through i think running's a great way of, of uh, sort of allowing yourself to do that
1: absolutely no i know i mean today actually coincidentally today is as we're recording is a global running day and i know there's been a lot of uh, celebration you know on social media about the fact that it's you're right it's a, it's a de-stressor it's uh, an opportunity to you know, clear your head it's a healthy active lifestyle and you know i think it's, it's good to it's good to you know balances out everything else in life all the, the frivolities one thing i'm interested to know is Uh, have you ever run a beer mile a beer mile Uh, yes Uh, I've never done that so we so and actually you know that's something that we've um we're trying to encourage and more I mean it's a it's a massive thing in the states and you know what would you hazard a guess would be the world record for a beer mile which all right it will be the the, the format being beer 400 meters
2: on the track times four it's probably well, it's almost bound to be significantly quicker than I, I can imagine. Um, but I guess it's probably around four and a half minutes or something stupid like that. I'm not
1: far, I'm not far off. 424, which is obscene. I mean, and to be fair, it's mainly people in the state. I mean, I, I couldn't run a 424 mile flat without let alone drinking four beers, but it's um, you'd be amazed when you start looking into it. We we held a, a beer mile in, in Aberdeen last year and. The rules are very strict. You have to; it has to be a five percent beer. The it needs to be in; um, it needs to be from a can. Blah blah blah. So it's very. I mean, you, okay, you, oh, can, wow. you can actually pour into a glass. I think there's the rules. But um, yeah, so if we were so we were thinking, we were thinking actually if we go next time we do it, because we're always on the prowl for which beer would be suitable. So APA is on the list now because it's at five percent. Yeah,
2: APA. Yeah, or or, or if you want us to make it really difficult, we've got a stout that's five percent. So our 80% <laughs> <laughs> what's what's what's
1: your five percent stout called? uh 1806 1806 okay i think i think we might stick to apa actually that might be a, <laughs> that might be a better one <laughs> that'd be a bit easier, yeah definitely yeah
2: very well, good well, that'd be great i've never i've not uh, i've heard of bmr but i've never i've never i've never run one
1: you know they're they're and, and they're, they're they're a great thing um very great to watch great to participate in and, you know, it's part, it's like, you know, sort of mix of, of, uh, of, of community, running, you know, beer we talked about before. And actually there's an event in the, in the, the UK called the Night of 10,000 PBs. And it's uh, a famous now 10,000 metre race on the track in London. And it doubles as the Olympic trial. So it's a really big race. And what they do is they erect a marquee over the, the back straight and they have a bar. So the athletes run through a bar. And there's all everyone's there having a beer, and again, it's just a great example. It's at night. It's a great example of combining these two, you know, fantastic social uh, activities, and just shows you know you don't. It's not the two can absolutely be connected. So that's the one of our missions uh, here at TRS is to really start to reunite these uh, our two our two loves. So uh,
2: the beauty of that is you could do it socially distanced as well. That'd be great. So, of
1: course, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. How is uh, I dare ask how is how is um uh, covid life uh, up at um, windswept?
2: Well, it, I mean it's very different. We uh, we are we don't we don't get to see the bar shut so we're not seeing all our customers and friends down there I mean that and that's that's sad you know it's it's a real shame seeing it there and and, and not being used Um, we're selling a lot of beer online um, that that, which is which is great direct to customer we do we do free deliveries locally um, and uh, but we can get beer all over the all over the country Um, we use parcel force for that the and and. But the, the trade is dead, and that, you know, and that's that's really sad. You know, clearly with all the pubs, restaurants, cafes shut, um, uh, that that's that's sad, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a worry um, to see whether how people will have got on and how long it's gonna gonna last for. We sort of don't know what it's gonna be like when we come out of the whole thing. So um, everyone's starting to think about it now, which is good. Um, but uh, yeah, if a bar, the bar in Aberdeen, you can fit 120, 200 people in. I can only get 18 or 20 because of social distancing. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they decide to work that or, or if how many bars do decide to, to do it. And um, don't know how many, you know, it's whether they've got outside areas as well. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, I think that the hardest thing is is just the unknown. We don't quite know what's going to happen, how it's going to open up um, and uh, sort of what the next steps, steps are um, mm. as we head out of it. The whole thing but uh fingers crossed it'll it'll not take too long and um and uh and, and it'll it'll have been it'll have been not too long for for for, for all the bars and restaurants and everything to uh, to to come out to be it to feel that they can they can get going again and um uh because cause i mean Right over the summer, busiest busiest oh, time and yeah. everything, and in, in, in this part of the world, Islands, Islands, all around there. So, yeah, it, it, well, it was never a great time. But um, econ- economy-wise, up here, it, it, it's, it's a really, it's just 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 the wrong moment at the beginning of the summer. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll have to see see how um, how the powers that be decide to. Yeah. Break it all out, but um, but we're we're we're, we're holding our own at the moment. But the online sales are great, and everyone will get loads of fantastic support. Customers have been brilliant, um, really supporting us. Um, so we're getting plenty of plenty of plenty of bottled beer out, but we're brewing brewing less, but um, it, it's it's sort of it's quite a, it's a it's, it's busy, but. A little bit more relaxed than, than normal so it's, it's uh it's okay it's okay
1: i'm looking forward to the i've got my ticket for your comeback party i'm very much looking forward to that yeah when,
2: yeah I mean,
1: if, if and when it happens this year or whenever it'll happen yeah 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 no no
2: we're looking we're, we're actually looking to we were <coughs> looking at, at, at deciding exactly how we can do that and then we thought oh as soon as as soon as lockdown stops we can do it and then it's like oh no we can't really. Because <laughs> yeah, well, you know we could have twelve people at it at the moment. That wouldn't be much fun. Yeah, so, yeah so, two meters uh, apart. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. So yeah, so it probably be, looks like it'll probably next be next year. Hopefully, early next year, once uh, um, they're they're allowing larger gatherings. So um, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we're, we're looking forward to that. Should be good fun.
1: Great. So yeah, so listeners, if you're um if you're you know as we have said each week, if you're hankering for uh, a a good Tasty northeast brewed um, beer. Head to windsweptbrewing.com. You can your all your uh, all your demands can be met on there and their their online shop, which is really cool. So well, Nigel, thank you so much for joining us. It's been it's been great to have uh, a chat and we've uh, and you know we've do, we've absolutely loved uh working our way through your your back catalogue, as it were, over the last uh, your last of the last month. So yeah, we're I know I got one of your barbecue boxes of um,
2: mixes arrived uh, early in the week, so that's uh, that's set me up for a few weeks, which is great. Brilliant. Well Tom, it's been a pleasure talking to you as well. I've really enjoyed uh, having a chat and uh yeah, I now feel I ought to go for a run. So that's
1: great. Well there you go, one mile. That's all I need to do. That's, <laughs> that's it. <you'll> be it. <laughs> great. Well um, we'll be well hopefully we'll catch up with you soon. If not, we'll see you at the uh, see you at the after party the comeback party. Definitely, definitely. Brilliant. Great stuff. Right, thanks Nigel. Thanks very much. Thanks, to you. Later on. Yeah, Cheers. Great.
0: Grand, thanks for coming on, Nigel. Um really enjoyed listening to that. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some more Windswept beers down me. Um but we we've also got a, a cheeky wee offer for you for all you listeners. So we've uh we Windswept have kindly um provided us a, a discount code for their beers and their merchandise, which will run up, up until the end of June. So the discount code, folks, it's TRS ten. So it's Tango Romeo Sierra. 10 so there you go trs 10 <laughs> folks and uh you'll get some whatever you whatever your heart desires uh whatever your your palate desires Um uh, but make sure folks you you get you get your running before you get some of that beer down you eh?
1: absolutely best when you've earned it yes to do that. so i mean you know we're uh yeah i've genuinely enjoyed their beers and I, i've I said, i've bought them myself i'll buy them again so yeah if you fancy getting involved Please do. Which Pricker and Blonde would be my two recommendations. I've really enjoyed sinking uh, those.
0: Well, I'm not really a, a wheat beer person, but I tell you what, this Clyde wheat beer is actually really nice. Uh, nice. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Because well, you're the
1: one who's earned it, it this week.
0: Well, do you, do you, one of the reasons, this is my, I went out for a cheeky wee run, um, well, this morning, about nine and a half miles, and um, I thought, right, got a cheeky wee delivery, Tom. Look at these bad oh, boys. very nice. Turbos. Pegasus Turbos, Nike, the the wee Zoom X foam as well. So, um, you know, I got the Nike, the The DPD man came in about, delivered my shoes about 3 p.m. and I thought, right, I'm getting out there and going to have a, a wee shorty of them. And, you, you know, there's nothing, I haven't bought a pair of train, well, I haven't bought a pair of road trainers for a while. So, I'm like, it's quite nice to go out and be excited about running on the roads. And <laughs> I've got to say, you know, uh, they fit really well. Um you know they fit like a glove they feel feel awesome when you go on walking walking along, but for easy runs i've I've had better road shoes for easy runs and um, I was quite i i thought i thought the the shoe would run for me, but I had to run for the shoe um so I was quite disappointed that I had to as tommy would say kick start you know i had to kick start my legs to get going, and there was no downhill you know so <laughs>
1: but i think for easy runs you know i mean the i guess the maybe the, maybe that's a bit that's like uh that's take like the equivalent of you know i've taken a ferrari to do a, a run to the shops maybe there there that you've got Zoom X, lightweight shoe maybe for that sort of steady a sort of steadier run or a longer run might might do
0: you well well I'm, that's what i'm thinking you know so I'm, I'm holding off to to see how they feel on a on a sort of tempo uh like oh, nice. all type sessions so I'll, I'll get back to your listeners and let you know how what I think of them.
1: Nice. So tell us about your training in general. Then how how was last week? What were you What were you up to?
0: Just the usual, you know. I mean, just going through the motions again. You know, and, and I did say today is the day that I was going to reveal my beehag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is it happening? <laughs> I'm slightly I'm slightly nervous to to reveal it because uh, it's you know once once you've revealed it there's no going back is there? There's, well,
1: there's not. I mean, it's, uh, but I guess that's probably why it's, it's a good hag. is if, if it's genu- genuinely, as you said yourself a couple weeks ago, it genuinely puts a bit of fear into you. That's that's a good thing. That's that's an indicator of a good BHAG.
0: I know. So so basically, what I'm, what I'm going to be doing, folks, drum roll, here we go. <laughs> Once I say it, that's it. Oh, God. Um, so I'm looking, I'm, I'm basically going to run 24 hours on a treadmill, in, in August of this year um, and, uh, and and not only am I going to try and run for twenty four hours i'm going to've got I've got one eye on the the world record, the treadmill world record, which is one hundred and sixty four miles on a nice. treadmill um, and uh, I, I you know i don't know what it's going to be like, but um you know I have ran that period of time in one go at the UTMB, albeit um slightly slightly lumpier. A slightly lumpier course um, and, and also you're going places, whereas' a treadmill you're not, um, but essentially the world record is one hundred and sixty four point three six miles or two hundred and sixty four kilometers, that was achieved by a norwegian Bjorn Tor Cronin Teranger from Norway and it was uh, in Bergen on the eleventh to the twelfth of October 2018 so um it's a that sort of distance. Is around about 840, averaging about 840 a mile. Um, Now you think most of our easy runs, most people, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people's runs are, you know, you can comfortably do an 840 per mile. But when it comes to running that continuously for 24 hours on a treadmill, Mm. uh, it, it, you know, the break, the the, the breakdown of your tissues and your muscle and your fatigue, mentally and physically, is going to be huge and. uh, and in that actual distance, can, when you when you look at some of the the performances at the the World Twenty Four Hour IAU, IAU Championships in the last few years, it's that that sort of time gets you in the top ten. If I think some of them, it's it's even won the 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 competitions and on the track usually. Um, so uh, so yeah, it's a it's a huge challenge, and uh, I've got no doubt that there's a there's a real high chance that I might not break the, the record but do you know what Tom as I said and as we've said in the last sort of couple of weeks if I don't have a challenge I just you know I just jump off the bandwagon and then um, and I'm not just doing it for myself you know I'm, I'm looking I'm looking to raise quite a lot of money hopefully for two two charities that are close to my heart um, one is um, Chas it's a children's hospice association in Scotland um, and uh, it's for children with life limiting conditions. And the second one is the Kathimba Edwards Foundation, uh, our good friend Miles Edwards um, is, is, runs. So, uh, yeah, I think both, I'll chat about some of those charities and the stories behind them in future episodes. But I'm uh you know, I'm, I, I suppose people might be like, oh man, what you can, you know, there might be some eye rolls that I'm going for a world record, yeah, you, or whatever, you've never done a 24 hour. Race before uh, you're not going to know how it feels, but I'm 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 fully expecting it to potentially I might not break it, but why why you know there's no no one stopping me from giving it a shot and um, and, and trying. I'll, I'll never know that my body can do it unless I don't try. So unless I try, don't yeah. Unless I don't try. So mm-hmm. um so the I'm um, so I proposed dates Friday the 28th of August to the following day Saturday the 29th of August. And um, yeah, hopefully get some of you listeners involved and get Tommy involved, give your motivation speech hopefully, and uh, <laughs> we'll try and get as close to that world record as we can. Eh?
1: I think it's ace. And I think that the, I think it's, you know, we think about the big, the, the B the Hag, big, it's big, it's hairy, it's audacious, you know, that it checks the boxes. And but my question then is, is and I th- you know, I think 840s, whatever you say, doesn't sound you know, on the face of it, as you say, it doesn't sound so quick, but to maintain it for 24 hours is a big deal. And then when I, I like you say, i at look, looking at 24-hour performances. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a big goal. It's, I think you can do it. I really believe you can do it. So the question is, how are you going to train for this? What's the, are you going to, how long do you think you'll run on a treadmill? How What's your long, you know, you're going to have to jack up your long run.
0: Good question. So, um I suppose I don't want to go into huge detail because I'm still trying to figure out what that training schedule's gonna look like. But uh, essentially, I mean, like I say, it's eight forty per mile, but if I want to break the record, you're gonna probably have to run a little bit faster than eight forty per mile because mm-hmm. when you know there's there's rules that it govern breaks. breaking the, the world record, like, you know, trying and attempting a world record, the Guinness one, but there's a few different platforms that are on the website that you know that are on like there's this, this there's info record, what is it, recordholders.org, there's Guinness World Records. Pardon me. Um there's, there's even FKT's fastest known times, there's a website there that you can so you've got to almost marry all the rules so that you can, you know, submit your results and evidence for each of them. Uh, so I'm gonna try and hopefully combine, you know, make sure that they all they all work. Um but anyway, going back to the pace. For example if i jump off if i'm running for if I'm running for eight forty per mile the whole way, I essentially can't go for any breaks because um I jump off yeah it's the lapse it's the 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 laps time not the moving time um so you know you've got to pause the pause the treadmill the moment the treadmill stops then you can jump off, but your time's still still rolling um, so i'm going to hopefully have to accommodate for those times so you know if I go off go to the toilet. I can do those things. I can eat food off. I can just have a. I can have a rest off the treadmill. So it all, all works together. But going back to your point about the training, uh, I spoke to Lewis, my coach, and um, you know I asked him not just not permission, but whether or not it's a, you know it's something that I should give a shot, you know, give it a bash, and and he said absolutely, why not? <laughs> so I was like, ah, let's go for it. So I've been so, sort of looking at some of the athletes that have ran twenty four hours and what their training has been looking like. And, um, and I, I suppose there's, there's sort of three elements to it. There's, um, there's the endurance side, you've got the strength side, so you've got those two physical um, p- parameters, fitness parameters, and then there's also the, the mental side. For running on a treadmill for that period of time, or even simply running for 24 hours, um, it can take a huge amount of uh, you know, mental toughness that I'm going to have to um, try, and, try and work on uh you know we at one spot for 24 hours is gonna be a bit weird um mm-hmm. but the the strength side you know putting together a strength program and um, so i've started essentially mapping out what sort of strength training i'm going to be doing so i'm going to be doing sort of lower leg work twice a week and then core work twice a week so four strength sessions a week um, and then just lots of easy running but I'm not just going to be going out and doing, you know, I don't want to just be running for eight, 8.40 a mile every run because, you know, I, I think when you look at some of the runners who are, you know, at the top level, they're not, they can run quite fast. Um, so I want to keep some of the speed that I've already got. And if I don't keep that, then there's a chance that, that that sort of, uh, that buffer that I've got, that variation in speed, you know, becomes a, a lot more, um, the, the spectrum's less. So, um, I want to keep a range of, of different speeds in, in my bank, and, and hopefully that'll uh-huh. that'll work work well. But, um, so yeah, a lot more sort of potential marathon training type sessions. Um, I still do lots of easy running, and start you know potentially doing. I don't think I need to do anything more than eighty kilometres as a long run um a lot of the runners don't really seem to be going any more than that and there's quite a lot of evidence to say if you even as a 24-hour runner if you were to run out for over 100k and just do training runs at, at that the, the the balance or the the, the advantage in of of, mm. of um adaptations isn't going to be as as huge as yeah just going out and doing like a you know, shorter runs. So I think shorter runs, maybe doing a lot, you know, back to back long runs, um, might help too, and and slowly getting used to the movement of the treadmill as well. That's going to be quite important.
1: So you'll do. So you'll when you say long runs, you'll you'll be looking to do those 80 k runs on the treadmill. Probably. I think
0: some of it on the treadmill, or and or flat outside. Um, okay. Maybe just a mix of things, and also I think you do. You know, mechanically you do run a little bit different on the treadmill versus outside mm-hmm. on the road, but you know, keeping the elevation probably a little bit, um, yeah, less than, than maybe what I have done in the past will, will hopefully help too. So, um, and yeah, and also like the strength sessions you need, you know, it's quite important to have a good strong core cause it's going to be the same repetitive action each time. Whereas on trails and road, even, you, you, can, you tend to use different muscle, you know, muscle groups and, um, you know, muscle types as well. So, um, mm-hmm. It's the same repetitive movement so i'm gonna have to get used to doing
1: that too no. it's uh it's a i think it's fascinating mate. i'm really looking forward to we've got so what's that 10 weeks by my reckoning Right, 10,
0: 10 weeks like yeah yeah so 10 weeks so
1: the next so the next 10 weeks we're gonna have a very entertaining uh weekly updates on on what's happening and you need to get involved with me on drift mate that's the that's the next thing you're gonna pass you're gonna spend some time on or or what or i don't know whatever you're, what you're gonna watch you're gonna start watching um Star Wars: The Clone Wars is what oh, seven seasons hey, day man, so
0: That'll much sort you out. to get through. That's what you watch. The only thing I'm worried about is my electricity bill. Like right? you know, <laughs> that's standard. Yeah, going to be absolutely rammed. <laughs> you know, they might have it, I'm gonna do it the matter running good. That's uh, that's
1: so. I mean, and also, so you, you didn't mention it, but I guess one thing the listeners would be interested to know is so you're going to run it on a calibrated treadmill at the uh, sports village. Is that right?
0: I think that's the plan. Yeah, I mean, um, I've spoke to them and they're really keen to, to jump on board. Um, the, yeah, in terms of the calibration, I'm hoping the suppliers are going to help with that and produce the cal- you know, all the essential evidence that the records would need. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's all above board and hopefully looking to do a live stream. And I think you know, there's been a few world records recently on the treadmill. And, and I think that yeah. certainly that better one inspired me. Um, but I th- even the last week, there's been world records that I think it was at half marathon. Marathon in 50k, in 100k? That's right,
1: yeah. That's right. A lot of the records went this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it.
0: Yeah.
1: Are you sure well, no one's got te- they got the 24-hour one lined up for well, the next 10 weeks?
0: Thinking. I've revealed it. We might have to cut this out. You know, there might be a few people lining up to do it. But do you know what? Like, I'm absolutely delighted if people are going to give it a shot because it doesn't bother me. I'll still go for it. And, and at the end of the day, I'm doing this as a challenge for myself. And I'm also, you know, in terms of raising money, like, I I don't sound like a like a bit of a dick, but running a marathon doesn't really it scare it doesn't really scare me, and I don't think to run it I could go out and run a marathon just now. I'm fortunate to do that, and it's not a huge scary challenge. But to run a 24 hours on a treadmill in in and go for a world record scares the shit out of me, and mm. I don't know if I can I, getting my head around that's quite quite challenging, and, and that's similar to the UTMB running for that period of time and. That elevation scared me, and this is one of the ever biggest challenges I've ever mm. done in terms of my sort of running career. So, um, I think that's it,
1: where we, I think that's been where we, dis, where we differ. Because for me, the thought of going out fast at a marathon, you know, I, I, I really, I, when all is said and done, I want my times to be, I want to, you know, for me, the thought of going out at a fast time is that I can't, probably, I possibly can't hold on to. That's a big that's a big deal. Like, you know, and eventually, you know, looking at whether it's 225 and the future down towards 220, those are the, that's the real scary thing. Whereas for you, I guess yeah. it's more, it's more how long can you go for?
0: Yeah. I mean, I know like I can run for 24 hours. Well, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I mean, you saw me at the, well, you didn't see the <laughs> hard mirrors, but you saw me at the it's like UTMB. Day. A lot of walking in that. And that was, a lot of that's to do with the, the stresses and strains of, Running uphill, running downhill, mm-hmm. in technical terrain, and at night time, whereas this is a continuous movement for twenty-four hours, and mm-hmm. and it's eight forty miles. Like I know I can run for eight forty miles, I just don't know how long I can do it for. And yeah. I, I think every, I, I'm not, I keep saying everyone apologies. Not everyone can do that, but um, you know, a lot of people are. Like, I can easily do that. So it's, it's how long can you do it for? Is the the question. Mm. And and another important point of the you know the. The treadmill and the conditions i mean the conditions usually we say if you go on a treadmill you want to replicate the road outside on the flat road you hike the treadmill the gradient up to like one or two percent whereas for the record the world record purposes you don't have to put the gradient well, you don't put the gradient up you put it to zero percent it's not a world record on the road it's a world record on the treadmill mm-hmm. and it doesn't and i suppose another important point is it's not it's not a world record it's not a world it's not an it's an official world record on a treadmill, but it's not a a twenty four hour world record outside on the track. You know, it's it's a different type of thing. I mean, that that's crazy. But the incline zero percent which should hopefully mean that I should be able to go a little bit quicker on the treadmill versus outside. And I'm sure you're the same, Tom. If you're on a treadmill, you you know you you drop it down to zero percent, you can run quite fast compared to outside. You know. If you're doing mm. some intervals and mile reps and things, so, yeah, uh, aye, so yeah, that's I think that that's hopefully I've got all that out there and uh, looking forward to the training and the the event day.
1: Yeah, very much. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be really interesting. And I think it's good that you put it out there. I think that's gonna that'll push you on. You know, I, I think for me, everyone's different, but I'm a big believer that public goals are the way to go. Once you commit to something, you know, it's out there for everyone to see. It doesn't matter if it's just you're telling your 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 husband, or your wife, your kids, or your mates, or your coach, or in our case, the fifteen hundred listeners a week, you know, that's it's you know, it's about putting it out there and committing to it. And do you know what there's I don't I think Having a fear of failure can often hold people back. So yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think uh, you know when you're can't when you can't be asked, and you remember, you know, I've I've put it out there that, I, that I'm going to do this. There's no 20th of August. If you don't step on that treadmill, you know that there's a, there's an expectation now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, that's it. <laughs> and do you know what? Like you cut this one. <laughs> like, I, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I fail it, I'm I'm going to be gutted. I'm going to be absolutely gutted and. But I'm I'm not like I'm not going to be embarrassed or ashamed unless I don't bother oh. doing the training. And um, I I don't know I I think a lot you know it's that's why I started doing ultras. I didn't know I'd be good at it or but I I thought I was okay at it and it was the right time to step up. And I've I've never looked back. And hopefully you know going doing something like this, I won't look back and regret it. But.
1: It'll take so a, you, a
0: shitload out my, my my body, but hey. But
1: you guess, know, you're gonna have to start man. doing. You're gonna have to start doing long runs, and you got you know that's the and stop pieing me on a long run. I, listeners, I was due to meet up with Cal for a long run on the Saturday. But he he decided he couldn't because he made, he was speaking to his coach, and I see you only did ten miles, mate.
0: Come on, I didn't, I didn't get have long runs with me now. Well, in my defence, ten Sunday was going to be a because you weren't going to get up off the arse or wake up at six <laughs> yeah. you know, M. Like, <laughs> Do you know what? I'm just gonna get up at seven and run from my house since he's pride me. Yeah uh, fair enough. And uh but I, I did I, I had a really good week. I haven't added my uh, manual uploads to, to from the treadmill but I did about ninety miles and nice. that's maybe one thing for the twenty four hour race like or not race but the treadmill run. I'm gonna probably run about the equivalent of, of 164, 70 miles um, over a week uh, just to, mm-hmm. to to get used to that. But the, the, I'm not going to do it straight away. I, you know, I've got to get there in one piece, not in pieces. Of course, so course, yeah. Let's do that first and we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, but yeah, yeah looking what? forward. To-
1: one thing that intrigues me is biomechanically, you'll have to get used to running at 8.40 pace, whatever it is, because I don't know about you, but I mean, that's, you know, that's, you know, everyone's different. That you're a guy who would run, you know, usually running close to six-minute miling So to find out, uh, to get used to settling into a pace that's two minutes plus a mile slower, that is quite difficult. And I'm not, I'm not belittling eight forties. You know, it doesn't if someone, if 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 somebody who runs ten-minute miles normally, for them to scale back to twelve, thirteen-minute miles would be quite difficult. So that'll be quite an interesting one for you to get used to, and your body to be used to running at that slower pace for a long time do you know what i mean i mean even like yeah, the, even yeah, a two-hour yeah. run that won't be that won't be that strenuous
0: yeah well that's a really good point because a lot of um i think robbie Britton, he he's a fantastic ultra marathoner and 24-hour runner and think he got was it bronze i think he got the the world 24 hour, or the european but anyway he wrote a really good account about like the different um the, the different feelings physically and mentally that you, you gain from you know the first four hours to the the next few hours and so on and so forth and uh the first few hours everyone's like happy as larry you know bouncing around the track and you know feeling really good and then you get to hour eight you feel maybe a little bit tired and um and, and a lot of people end up running too hard too soon like you know going out at like 8 20 per mile for example or mm-hmm. and depending on what their their ability level is um so I've just really got to watch, like, yeah, I could start off at eight, eight minute miles, it'll feel really easy, but think about hour 23, how's that going to feel? It's going to feel horrendous. So
1: You should get uh, some of the Ultra Boys to come in and pace you for, like, uh, for, I don't know, 12 hours or
0: something. Well, I, I you know, I was thinking um, getting the f- different people on, you know, there'll be different, there's lots of treadmills at ASV. Getting a few of them up next to us and, you know, people can jump on and keep me company, you know? That'd be good fun, yeah, sweet. But well, uh, anyway, we'll chat about it. We'll, we'll close off this this uh, this chat, it's Very exciting, else.
1: though, mate. Very exciting. Yeah. So, listeners, get into, If you've got any treadmill advice or ultra advice, we know the community listens. For Kyle, get in touch. It's going to be you've got a ten week journey to share. Yeah,
0: and and honestly, anything you think, if you think I've got no chance, tell me so that it, it gives me more revs to. To kickstart my legs, as Tom keeps saying,
1: <laughs> You get one of those downhill treadmills, mate. <laughs>
0: yeah, down if you've got any suppliers who've got downhill treadmills or <laughs> fast, uh, uncalibrated, uncal- you know, wrongly treadmills, give me a shout. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean. Nice. Anyway. So that sounds
1: like a pretty. That's it. anyway. That's very exciting, and we're I'm um, I'm looking forward to the to the big day.
0: Aye, me too. Yeah, uh, you know, looking forward to the day after. I'm um, timing wise, I'm wanting to marry it so that um, you know we finish at like two p.m. so we can get a day session in afterwards.
1: Nice. Yeah, I was going to say you don't want to be starting like eight a.m. You want to start Aye. midday.
0: Nah, no no sleep for the wicked after. That's Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Also,
1: if it's ASV, surely you, you can clock that for, as a day at work, can you not?
0: I might still be furloughed <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to say get some overtime in. But I think it's really
1: I think that's that is gonna be really interesting how you manage things like the treadmill, when it times out, you have to jump into a second treadmill, all yeah. that stuff, because you don't you waste too much time. We read about Zach Bitter and he wasn't going that long and he was, you know, when is he eating? What are you eating? You know, I think that'll be fascinating. Yeah. And I guess I if you start that... at two PM it'll give you the morning to do some fueling as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it, it'll be it'll be good. So but we'll keep cracking on and chatting about some of the developments that, that'll lie ahead where we're we're fuel beans in. Um, my fundraising page will be up next week. So if anyone fancies donating, I'll pass over the information too. And uh, Absolutely. yeah,
1: maybe maybe they can donate at like a miles a a pence per mile or something. That would be <laughs> that's a good way to donate. <laughs>
0: that's right. Yeah. Double double the fare. I break the record. Yeah. That's yes. an incentive, very eh? Uh, chat. Anyway, well, well, talking about ultra, well, let's let's even let's introduce the show. We haven't really introduced the show. Have we?
1: <laughs> no, we haven't. So this um this week actually we've got a couple of cool things on. we I know we're way in, but we'll give you an update on what we got on. We've got um we've got Ron Morrison, Scottish athletics president, is going to join us for the first of a two part with him. Good to catch up with him in lockdown. And Ron's a man with a, a extensive career in the Scottish athletics. He's worn many hats. You know, an athlete, a coach. Uh, president, various roles within as an official. So really great to get him on. Um, I could have spoken to Ron all day. And we've also, uh, we're going to catch up with Ali Sutherland, who's uh, who's the our, our local hero who we've spoken about, who's run... A regular TRS
0: out. run of the week for the last, since lockdown.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Ali has run over 50 marathons in, in 50 days since uh, lockdown started. Uh, it'll be interesting when Ali comes on to get his to get his take on why he's done this ridiculous challenge and and maybe talk us through some of the feelings he's had through it. So, um, yeah, so a bit of a, a a good, uh, a a couple more guests for you.
0: Well, he's actually coming on in the the next minute or so. Um, so, uh, yeah, that will be exciting. I think he did like, well, well, we'll chat to him in a minute or two 51 marathons. I think it was. He did. Not so, 50, 51.
1: I 51, yeah. So, well, 50 days, 51 marathon. He did double on the last day, but he'll get to that. Hello, Ali. How you doing? Hey, Ali. He's out on the trails. Superb. Yeah, I
0: like it. <laughs> hey, there, there we are. There we are. How, you, how doing? you doing? I'm all right, yeah. How are you guys? Oh, we're all the better for hearing your voice. Uh, we didn't know if you knew how to work Zoom. We are like, get off mute, get off mute. <laughs> I'm,
4: I'm not going to lie. This is my first Zoom meeting, on TRS four weeks ago was my first podcast, so it's Oh, good man.
1: It's, uh, and so, listeners, just to set the, song, the, talk, the scene for listeners, because we can see him on the video, of course. Ali appears to be stood on a country road next to a field, and he appears to be halfway through a run. Is that, is that a fair <laughs> assumption? Is that Benny here in the background?
4: I, I'm trying to get you a bit. That's, that's the view from the bottom of my road, yeah. But I'm, I'm finished my run. I'm going, I'm hitting, once I'm finished with you guys, I'll wait to the bar. Oh no. mad.
0: <laughs> I thought you didn't get a signal in your house you have to go outside on your roof or something.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Quite> <laughs> well so uh, tell well us. Ali, as you know, you know that thanks, you know, it's great that you you're now one of the TRS gang and you're you're listening uh loud and proud on the trails. And um, hopefully we've kept you entertained for 51 uh marathons. But t- tell us um well tell us what you did and, and why you did it. Yeah, no bother. Uh,
4: I've, been, I've been thinking about, you know, sort of doing something different for a while. And yeah. I'm not gonna the, first, the first three weeks of the, the lockdown, I did uh, five miles one week. And then I, I did 30 miles the week after. I stood in the scales and the scales said that I was a stone heavier than I was when I did the D33. So I need to do something here before, before I lose all momentum. You know, with all my races being, being cancelled and postponed.
0: Yeah. The, the,
4: the 50 and 50 is something. It, it's, been, it's been an ambition, a dream of mine to do since I first read a book a few years ago, uh, years ago called 50 and 50. And, uh, I've just never had the time to do it with work and whatever. And I, I, I'm going to be honest. I wanted to be able to look back in a few years and say, sort of during lockdown, I managed 50 marathons in 50 days. And and I said to my wife, <laughs> I said to my wife, uh, what do you think about me going out running for half the day? Uh, <laughs> go for it. Get, get to the house. So I thought, well, that's better than a divorce. So off I went.
0: <laughs> oh, she'll be delighted then, eh? Yeah, it was win-win for both of us, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I sent, um, I've just... Tom, I've just added his, all his different runs and timings and things on I've on just the notes. seen it. Un- uh, I mean, unbelievable. Like, I mean, so you've done 51 marathons. So you did 50 mar- We only thought you were doing 50 marathons and you decided to do an extra, you know, two marathons on last Thursday. Yeah. Why, why 51 and no 50? Well, the, 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 the,
4: the idea was to do 50, but I'd been getting that much stick to run sub three. Which I kinda do with a three week taper on my best day. I thought, right, I'm never <laughs> okay. gonna run sub three. I was actually I, I didn't even think I could run three thirty after after all that. So I thought, well, what can I do to finish it off in style? So my idea was, well, I'm running slowly, I enjoy running slowly. Well, it's it's it's, it's training pace for me, you know, but I mean don't get me wrong, it's it's not easy to do it to do it all that time. So I thought to finish with, if I do two, that'd be that'd be a nice finale <laughs> to the, the whole series, yeah. you know.
1: i mean when i look at the list and it really when i see these 50 marathon 50 days sorry 50 marathons stacked up it really hits home you know you're running from the 16th of april every day through the fourth of june running those big miles at any stage did you think i can't be asked for this i mean how, how how mentally was that journey i guess we'll come to the physical side but mentally how was that over the course of 50 days Y- yeah, there, there there
4: was days, there was days that were tougher than others. You know, if the if the weather wasn't, I mean, we, I was quite lucky. I only get wet a few times, so I didn't have to worry about the weather. But there was days where I got up, especially I think it was around day day fourteen or fifteen. It was after I, I had a big day, on Benny, I was getting a bit excited in the early in the early doors, <laughs> and uh, hit Ben and I came off Ben that day, and had a really sore heel. My Achilles was giving me a mm-hmm. bit jip. And I got up the next morning, and I was taking the stairs one at a time and, and I was in a bit of pain I was barefoot, but I was in a bit of pain. And I said to my wife you know i I'm, I'm not going to manage I've done fourteen that's I'm proud of that, but right. that, that's me and uh, I can't repeat what the wife said, but <laughs> uh, I got my trainers on got my got all my staff organized I went out the door, and actually once once I was out and running the the pain was manageable so i I, I think at that point I realized you know this." Unless it's really major, you, you, you should be all right. You're strong enough to go out and do it. It's just sort of, don't don't get excited. Don't go up. Ben. I mean, I still run around Benny but I stopped yeah. going up and down the, the, the peaks because uh, I just don't think I could have handled that for another oh. sort of four, five, six weeks, you know?
0: But I mean, do you know That's what's incredible. incredible is, like, it's not just a flat marathon you've been doing. I mean, not, not even a marathon. I mean, you've been... Some of your runs, I thought you got lost, you know, because you were doing... <laughs> 50, 46k or 50k in. <laughs> I was like, where's it going, Like, Well, I, I, again,
4: yeah. on, on the on the days when I was struggling, I found that if, if I went... I mean, most days, the, the, the first half of the marathon would be the toughest. It was usually yeah. the hillion, which meant i okay. get the easier... Mentally, it would give me an easier second half. So yeah. what, what, what I would do is I'd go out and if I was struggling a bit, i think, right, well, if I can go out and do three or 4k or a few k more today, when yeah. I'm feeling fingers crossed tomorrow the, 20, the 42.3 will be that bit easier you know so I, I just stuck with that and some of the loops unfortunately as 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 much as i tried to make the loops as close to the marathon distance as possible some of my, my sort of favorite running routes were were slightly more so i had no option it was either run 28 miles or 27 miles whatever it was or right. or run 26.2 and then spend half an hour walking home which, which yeah. i didn't do <laughs> much you know
0: and do you know what? Like the thing that start, you know, surprises me. It all impresses me is your times as well. You know, like you're you're not you're not sh- you're not you're not just walking them. You you're going at a fair pace. I mean, there's a there's a huge in terms of your moving time. You know your variations from, I don't know, like what's your your average? I think you did send it over. Your average for the was move. Your average was 410. 410.
4: For just over 43k, yeah, that yeah. That, was, that was the daily average, yeah. Nice. Yeah,
0: and that that's it. Uh, that's elapsed time, but your moving times is it 3:47? Is that? No, no, that was that. The
4: elapsed times about. I mean, every day because because I didn't want to burn out. I I was a break about halfway and another one somewhere in the 30k. So my my uh, my my average my elapsed time was about 20 minutes more each mm. day that what what you're seeing, you know, that so if it was three forty seven it was four oh seven. If it was four hours yeah. it was four twenty sort of thing. Mm, it was yeah, a, okay.
0: about that, you know? It's no, I mean that's bloody impressive to do that. On, on the sort of course in the trail and I know the trails around Benny they no they're no flat anyway. That's for the the best of times, eh? So Yeah I mean
4: well you'll you'll know yourself. I mean running on the flat's nice but I think because I 'cause I've no option but to running hills out here, I think it keeps you from from going too hard and because I'd set off to to do the 50 I I didn't want to burn out too quickly which was a a major worry or tweak something I mean I I was really I mean for the first sort of three weeks I thought well this is all good but then once I started up the numbers I was a bit worried about getting injured so I think doing that hills allows you to use sort of different muscles Um, it stops you getting excited with yourself and and going off or or running too quickly for too long you've got to slow down and then you can always you can always sort of go off a wee bit on the downhills, but the, the hilly bits I think has actually been a blessing in disguise really, you know?
0: Wow. Did you have I'm any, well, com- f- sorry, I was going to gonna
1: go? say physically, do you feel, I mean, that is from a training effect, 50 days like that is massive. Do you feel fitter off? The, I know you're obviously, I'm sure you were pretty sore by the end of it, but do you feel fitter as a result of that, this journey as you've been through?
4: <sighs> you know, it's funny. My, my brother was asking me that, the, the same question, you know, and, uh, I have to say, <laughs> toward, toward, towards the end, physically I was feeling better, but mentally I was, you know, in the 40s, mentally it was it was becoming a bit of a struggle. I'm just glad that every morning I was sort of getting up, breakfast, pack on and out the door pretty sharp, you know. But I was out for six miles yesterday, and I've been out again today, but yesterday I have to say, I mean even though I, I was tired in bits and going up the wee hills I did do yesterday were still tiring. I felt really good. I felt as good <laughs> as I I've in ages. So whether that's, whether that's psychological or not, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I felt really good. And I felt really good during today's run as well, actually. Oh, nice. Brilliant.
0: Now, well, the question I've got is, have you dropped? Did you lose that one stone then? Uh, well, at the D33, I was 12 stone one. Three Aye. weeks later, I was 13
4: stone one. So I jumped on the scales last wednesday morning which uh, wednesday night sorry which was day 49 yeah uh, 12 13, i lost
1: two- <laughs> <laughs> wow
4: i'm not doing it again to lose weight <laughs> <laughs> oh no and it's off season guys so i'll just, yeah. I'll just ride you know And what? Be- so what's next then how
1: do you fo- yeah. how do you follow up something like this then you've done i mean incredible challenge what What's what was next then
4: uh, well, I've got. I mean, this year's a write-off, so there's there's not really much. I've, well, a couple of virtual races. There's the virtual West Highland Way race coming up in a couple of yeah. weeks. So, I think, to be honest, the only thing I can do this year is try and maintain some sort of base level training. It's gonna it's still gonna be high mileage, and then see what see what I can do next year. I've got the Centurion uh, uh, Grand Slam, which is the 400 milers, and I've got the West Highland Way <sighs> race next year as well. So that's my my five big ones next year. So. Rather than maybe sort of um, taking part, hopefully I'll be able to do half decent on them, you know? Yeah. So I mean, going to by the pace you're
0: doing and the trail running you're doing, like, you know, you're going to do really well. It'll be really good to see how you get on. So, and uh, do you think, oh. what's that? Fingers crossed. Aye, aye. Oh, no, it's been great, great to hear about the success. and um, It sounds like an amazing experience to do. I mean, I don't know if I could do it. mentally how do you you think physically how you're feeling what about mentally do you feel it's helped you as a runner you know and and as a as a you know as a human as well
4: Um, no I think you're I think it's as a person it's it's more you know because I mean I don't want to get too deep here you know but uh, I've struggled with my mental health over the years you know and uh, on occasion that's that's caused me to sort of come away from running I've put on a bit of weight I've then had to to sort of come back to run and lose the weight and get back to mm. it, you know, and, yes. and for, for a long time, I, I, I struggled, I mean, you, you guys been there, super competitive and and, and, and and good fast runners, you know, when I, I look around at the start of some of the bigger races, you know, and I think, in the past, I've thought, should I be here, I, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like imposter syndrome, am I'm I a real runner, should I be at these big races, but I'm hoping now that with this, with this under my under my belt, you know, I can look around at, at these races and say, you know, I belong here. You know, yeah, th- this is where I this right. is where I want to be. It's where I where I where I've worked hard to be. You know.
0: Yeah. Mhm. yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant. Yeah, I, I really like what you've done and how it, how you know the positive impact it's had as well for you and also for not just you but listeners here you know we've had so many comments from from oh. some of our listeners and it's inspired me and it's been not just something that you've done but something that you've, you've shared for other people and they're really getting behind it so and and you know challenges that they might want to do and, and, and the benefits that will have for them too so it's it's like a, a chain reaction you know absolutely yeah, yeah. It, was, it was
1: it was loosely on our radar because you're a local guy we know and i, I know i I know you to, to nod at a park run. That's about it. And so it's like, honestly, that, so that was how it was kind of on our radar. And we can't emphasize how many listeners get in touch saying, have you seen this? And these guys yeah. like, you know, Martin Butcher springs to mind, guys who are not, you know, not necessarily Northeast, who you just really stoke the fire in, which is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah
4: it, it, it's funny because um, I'd been off Strava for a few years, as you probably noticed with that uh, snow <laughs> yeah. photos, you know, when, when, <laughs> when my dog went to the back, she's now an old dog, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the Strava thing, I'd come back to that uh, and I thought, well, you know, I've, I've been on Strava before, it's a good way to log the mileage, it's, it's a good way to prove what I've done as well, you know, and and I, I have, you know, Martin Butcher has been an, an absolute star star for me. You know, he's been so, so supportive. You know, I've ne- never met the guy, you know. <laughs> That's so that'll probably changed in the next while. I'll probably bump into my race or change yeah. to meet for a race somewhere. There's other guys. There's so many people I could thank, you know, that have, that have every day supported me that, that I was completely blown away by it, you know. It's, it's, it, it was something I didn't expect, you know, because I, I, I set off on this challenge I didn't the only person that knew really was my wife and, and uh one of my sons knew that uh still lives with me he joined me for the sort of the first few which was fine because he was carrying all the water and juices and food and <laughs> that, you know so I, I made use of him quite while he was keen you know but he he soon soon got bored of that you know so uh yeah yeah it's 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 been it's been a humbling experience to to say the least you know
0: brilliant well, well, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing you at some... So, you know, now that we can go out venture a little bit further, I might bump into you, Benny He. You know, two metres, obviously, uh, a two-metre <laughs> virtual bump, you know? <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Excellent. Super. Well, thanks very much for having me on, guys. It really, it really has been a pleasure.
0: Ah, it's a pleasure. Oh, thank you. So, oh, Ali, yeah. you are
1: the first person to get like four weeks on a, on the trot at least uh, TRS runs <laughs> a week. So, congratulations right. for that honor. A pair of tartan shorts will be in the post in the coming months once we've got them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! Look forward to that. Right.
1: Take it easy, awesome.
4: Ali. Thanks very Thanks, much.
1: Thanks, mate. Mate. Okay. mate. Cheers, bye. bye. Awesome. Great. Well thank it. you yeah. thank you, Ali, for coming on and thank you, Kyle, for setting up. That was great to get him on. Really really good crack.
0: What well, a guy he's got. I don't know where Ali's from, but he's got a bit of a Indonesian accent there, I see. I right hear. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'd say I, honestly I've never I've 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 seen Ali at part one. I know I know the name, but I yeah, he's obviously, a, he's now established himself as a local hero. I mean, you as an ultra runner, that must be quite inspiring for you with the, the BHAG coming up to see that sort of thing.
0: I, I know. I, I don't know if I could, like, I mean, at least mine's over in 24 hours. I mean, his is in <laughs> 50 days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know about that. But, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear that he feels a lot fitter and stronger. Mm. You'd think it would, you, you know, after doing all that, he would your body would just disintegrate. But, um, Absolutely, you know, you know, mentally and physically better in shape. So, and and maybe that's to do with that he wasn't racing it. He knew he was going, he was going at an easy, not, not. I mean, looking at his pace, it didn't look that slow. Um, no, it didn't. For him, maybe it's it was a comfortable pace that he could manage and sustain for over fifty days. so Great job.
1: So, if you're interested, listeners, go find Ali and Strava, have a look. You can see they're all on there. It's it's amazing to look at. And Kyle's just put up on our notes. Just before the interview, there um, a table with all his his distances, daily distances, his daily elevation, the calories he's burning. We're talking about four and a half thousand calories a day. I mean, it's it's bonkers, absolutely bonkers. It says me who sat on a rest day today. I f- I'm feeling like even more of a fraud now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, when I mean, let's talk about you know days consecutive days running. So how many days have you been running then uh, until today? <sighs> So,
1: my if I um yeah, so I start, I ran, the last time I had a rest day was like the 30th of December. And, it, and it, I wasn't on a run streak as such. I just was just training. And I've, I don't know what that is. So, five months to April, May is roughly 530, or 150, 100, probably about 160 days, I would guess. And yeah, I, I'm generally someone who prefers a recovery run over a rest day. But do you know what? I was just feeling absolutely shagged last week and if for want of a better word my legs were just heavy i've been feeling it for a while you know when you go through that marathon grind and when you're in a marathon training it's fine but i've just been feeling i'm not running a marathon in the next six in the next even possibly not the next six months Something what i should really recharge a wee bit so i'm yeah taking a day off i'll take an easy week this week um that's i think if you're in the game. middle of a challenge or streak fine but you see i mean ron hill run every day that's but i just kind of run
0: i don't know I, you're not ron hill
1: I'm not Ron Hill. I think, I, I don't get me wrong, I went out for a, I stretched my legs for a sort of bit of a, a shakeout walk after um, lunch, after work there, sorry, and, and you know, no days off. I still did an hour of strength and conditioning at lunch, so it's not, so I still see that as I'm doing something for my running. I just felt today, I'm not running. But I mean, I also, did. you know what the other thing is? I also didn't want to turn it into a massive streak. I didn't want to get to like September and find, I'm on a run streak here. Will I see, will I won't I see the, the year out and start, you know, maybe running through a niggle just because I want to keep it going. So yeah. um, nipping it in the bud is not a bad thing. Plus, I've got a sore glutes. I want to sort that out. What's your What's your longest run streak?
0: Oh, no idea, Tom. Do you know? I've never really thought about it. I, I'm I'm kind of like if I need a rest, I'll. If I need a day mm. off, I will have a day off. Like Thursday, I didn't run on Thursday, and I didn't. I wasn't guilty. I didn't feel guilty. I mean, I quite ate, right. I had a a cheat day, you know, like I was eating shite and you know just I didn't feel great and didn't, didn't have any regrets and, and today I went you know this morning I went for a run felt great and um, and yeah it's it's just one day for me and absolutely in general scheme of things it's not going to make a big difference at all I mean be it's better for it. continuous you have a day off you know if you have a few days off every week and or you you drop your mileage to half of what it used to be then yeah it'll make mm-hmm. a your, your times and your fitness will go down clearly but uh or possibly it might um but yeah I'm, I'm just relaxing not getting stressed about training but you know i've got a big challenge ahead of me now so but i'm still not going to stress out about it you know it's uh i'm just gonna just get the get the miles in do what i need to do and and i'll still have a, a good amount of time i don't want to spend you know half the as as Ali did, maybe <laughs> I don't want to spend all the hours of the day going out for runs. I don't think I need to do that. I just need to be more disciplined as to the timings of my runs, like getting up in the morning and going out for a big long run, or doing double runs where I can or longer single day runs and um in some of the key sessions and the speed work too, so um yeah, ah, it's you know it's play it's twenty four hours in a day, eh? so
1: absolutely well. So, in terms, so we start on just in moving on a bit of running news. One thing was we'll rattle through some news from the world of running, and it's this is quite timely. As Kyle mentioned before, with some treadmill world records. So, on the weekend, there, eight treadmill world records were taken by by pro runners. So, we had. Um, let me just go through this. We Mario Mendoza ran the hundred k treadmill world record, um, which actually he did have the fifty k before, which has been broken twice this year. So he ran um he ran six thirty-nine for a hundred K in the world to take that world record, um, which is hella impressive. We had Rennie Mettevere ra- ran three world records in one treadmill world r- run. So she ran um the half marathon when she ran it, it was a record, one nineteen twenty-nine and the marathon two forty-one eleven apparently were world records um and then she got through the 50k it's not that, not that fast well yeah absolutely so we'll come we will circle back to that because then she finished with a 50k in three eleven thirty eight, which was a world record for 50k so that's that's three records for her tyler andrews ran the 50k world record and he became the fourth person to break that record this year in 2020 uh so he ran uh 243 sorry the, the record was 243.38 originally at the start of the year. Um, and he actually ran 242.51, um, which had taken 13 minutes off the previous time. So that's crazy. And then finally, Sarah Hall, not finally, sorry, Sarah Hall then took down the half world record, half yeah. marathon record, two hours after Met Vier, we talked about before, ran 119. Sarah Hall only took 10 minutes off it, 109.03 on a treadmill for half marathon. So she took that one, which is crazy. So uh, Sarah Hall, who's a US, one of the top US runners, John Raneri. He ran um, the let me get this right. He ran the treadmill half record in one hundred three oh eight, which took the previous mark down by twenty nine seconds. So sixty three oh eight. And what makes that one even more impressive was he did it at altitude. He was at seven thousand feet in Flagstaff. So that's mental. And then finally. So you're probably losing track here. But finally, Regina Lopez ran a 50-mile world record. Um, and she actually started looking to run the 50K record. was on pace for it. Um, didn't have it, but then kept going for 50. And she ran the 50K world record in 8.41.37, which was the eighth world record broken this weekend on a treadmill. So That's what weekend for treadmill running, Kyle? If that doesn't have enough inspiration. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God, I'm glad
1: you never had the 24 hour one there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're just pregnancy waiting, he doesn't drop one at the end. So yeah, that's pretty um that's pretty mental. Um and yeah, that's absolutely crazy. Right. And another world record that I wanted to talk to you about, uh have, yeah, I've got my tab here. So we talked about um we talked about world King? records. Yeah, so we're obviously big fans of the beer mile world record. What do you reckon to the blue jean world record? So a blue jean mile, sorry. So a guy has broken the world record for the fastest mile running a pair of blue jeans. So this guy threw a pair of Levi's on and ran 406 for a mile.
0: That's mental. Is that on the track, wasn't it?
1: It looks to be, and I've got a photo of them here. They look like pretty what, tight-fitting jeans as well, to be honest. <laughs> I,
0: I Well, initially I thought, I wonder if they're like, you know, like Lycra-type jeans or if they're uh, legit Levi jeans. But I think they are, aren't they?
1: They look legit to me. I mean, they, I, don't know what actually, I don't know what brand they're on. I'm surprised he wasn't doing it for brand. To be fair, he was doing it for, um, he ran it for charity. But yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Four do you know what would be
0: funny though? Like, do you know what it reminds me of when I when I uh, when I read that? Well, when I watched the the record, I read the news and I watched a little clip of it. I mean, he's absolutely morten. But you know when you're you know when you're going out going on a night out, and you have a you know you stop for a piss or something, and then you sprint to catch up with everyone. <laughs>
3: your jeans, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you absolutely kind yeah. of You've Got your black shoes on there. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that sort of that's That's on you're just absolutely spitting and because you're so like you know you've had a few beers you feel you feel so fast but you're probably not going that fast mind you going down union street downhill, if you're going out for a night out there you do feel quite quick yeah yeah, but yeah. Anyway,
1: well you think you are because you think you think you are because you're 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 skin deep
0: yeah <laughs> i'm not talking about i do that now this is like you know half, <laughs> yes. half my half my life are, 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 ago so so yeah. that was
1: so that is so a bit of news there. and the last thing I'm going to throw in a bit of news just cuz it was sort of running current affairs if you like that we came onto my radar was so uh, Morton set up this challenge over the weekend on Shava called uh, the MM the marathon challenge and it was a marathon it's all broken up not sure what it means but anyway oh, um, the yeah. idea was it was a marathon really how fast you can go so some pros lined up which is quite interesting all the all the Morton sponsored athletes lined up and uh, so and actually, a couple of names beat Bekeley who was running. So you had um, Nick Willis was running, uh, and then Reed Kulsat, who's a Canadian marathoner. He ran thirty-one thirty-four. Nick Willis ran. This is for ten point five k. Should I add so. That they, All right. So thirty-one thirty-four for Kulsat. Nick Willis ran thirty-two twenty-nine. Um, both of them beating Bekeley, who ran thirty-two fifty-seven. And an interesting one. Killian Jorney came down off the mountains. He's now sponsored by Morton, and he ran on the road. Uh, really? to run 32.25, which is 3.03 pace. So that's like, you know, what's that? A 30, 30, 40. A 30 30 pace for a 10K. So apparently he's looking, I was reading an article, he's looking at a road, potentially a road event, marathon type oh, thing really? during the autumn. So right. pretty cool. Right. Um, I'm not loving running virtual races that right now, but it's really cool to see a lot of the, the pros running. It's almost like you're looking at results.
0: Oh, that's really cool. I mean, do you know what? Like, I mean, this—you know—this challenge I'm setting myself, this treadmill, it counts for absolutely nothing when it comes to races. It's just a a challenge, a personal challenge, and a charity raising one. It's not like a race, so I'm going to treat it like a race, but it's not the same thing. It's a weird feeling. I don't know if that makes sense. I've never really done something like that, but anyway, it's very. i again. That um, so that's, so yeah.
1: I think that's all the news we had. Uh, this week's news, uh, yeah, that's all we had. Race calendar, a bit of race calendar news update for you. Cardiff, interesting enough, Cardiff on the half marathon on the 4th of October has been postponed to 2021, which is quite telling with the race organisers saying they don't believe that a mass event with 27,500 people or whatever it is in Cardiff can happen in October. So that that's maybe quite indicative of what will happen with London. As we said before, Boston has been postponed or oh, not postponed, cancelled. So it'll happen in 2021. And one thing I wasn't so, I don't know, I'm not loving this, is they're offering a virtual finisher's medal if you do the marathon on the day virtually. I'm not sure I love that so much. I think Boston is is Boston and they've pushed it. So be it. I, I, I'm not sure anyone who's going to say I've run the virtual Boston Marathon, it quite is the same. So, yeah, that's quite telling that we're seeing these these races come. And I my feeling at the moment is London are simply waiting to confirm whether they're doing an elite field or not, I think that's surely the only reason they're delaying. Because I, I just, I can't see it happening.
0: No, yeah, I can't see it happening either. But, um, but yeah, who knows? Hey, eh? there's uh, there's so much things. But well, I suppose talking about running news and you know all the things that happen in, in in the world of running and Scottish athletics, who better than your man Ron Morrison to to go to now and to chat about all things running, his personal life and his uh, his career as a runner um, and also president of Scottish Athletics. So, Tom, you caught up with him a couple of weeks ago and, uh, yeah, a fantastic guy. So, yeah, here he goes, Ron Morrison.
1: This week on TRS, we are... Absolutely chuffed to bits to be joined by the legendary Ron Morrison. So, Ron, welcome to the show. And I say that as, as he picks up your glass of red wine. You're as bad as the Hawkins. I
5: am. <laughs> Don't forget me through it.
1: So, well, anyway, thank you for coming on. Welcome to the show. We're, we feel like we're, we're completing the, the the Holy Trinity with the chairman, <laughs> chief exec, and now president of Scottish Athletics joining us. Oh. So first, I mean, in terms of you, we're, going to, we're really keen to so much we want to talk to you about. You're a man of many hats, and I'd like to take the time to talk through certain the three key ones. You, Ron Morrison, the athlete, Ron Morrison, the official, and Ron Morrison, the coach. So we're, let's start with athletics, um, you as an athlete. And, you know, when I was doing a bit of research on you, you are... I actually found a quote, which I've got written down here, where you described yourself as not great at anything, but did everything. And I am amazed at the number of events that you seem to have competed at um, in, in your time. So, I mean, tell us, tell us about your background into athletics.
5: Well, there's a good reason for that that I'll come to. Um, first of all, my father was a fanatic. The three most important things in reverse order in his life were Athletics, Athletics and Athletics, <laughs> he just lived it and so uh, he was president of Shettles and Harriers when I was born and oh, wow. he continued as uh, an official and uh, his interest in the athletics was just his, his hobby, his life and I was very really lucky with him because um, my dad lived till he was 92 And so I got to know him as an adult, but I also got to know him through the eyes of his friends. Because I was interested in athletics as well. It caught caught my imagination. And I got to understand him when he was out uh, timing or to recording or doing something there. And I got to know his friends and they just uh, gave me a new side to him Mm -hmm. that you don't get as a child. It's telling you to stop doing that, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was a very funny. It was a good runner as well, but in his later life, it was a great. Um, it was a great uh, endurance runner. He held the world record for over seventy-five, uh, for ten thousand meters. Wow. Forty-two or three. Blimey! And, yes, it's. I'm getting on towards seventy-five, and. I don't know how far we get in forty-two. <laughs> it wouldn't be ten thousand meters. <laughs> the only thing I've got to blame him for is uh, the fact that uh, I haven't got any of his genes. I've got my mother's genes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you, 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 you obviously got his love. For, you obviously got his love for athletics. So I mean, you were see, so you, you were born a born a Shelton Harrier, then.
5: Uh, absolutely yes. It was never anything else, and. It, <laughs> In in some ways, I still feel once you're born a Shettleson Harrier, you will always be a Shettleson Harrier. You can't do anything about it.
1: Well, I do know you. I do notice that you've got a blue, a nice blue and yellow jumper on tonight. So maybe you're just you're flying the flag whilst you're on TRS.
5: Actually, it's St an Andrews Golf Club.
1: Is it okay? I can see the logo. Okay, <laughs> just happens to be in the Shettleson colours. Yes. And, I mean, and as you got into athletics, what did, you, did you get into any specific um, events? I mean, I noticed that you've got, I mean, one of your earliest uh, achievements I, I've seen is the um, Glasgow School's discus champion at 13 in
5: 1959. Oh, I know. I know. Well, my dad was a coach as well, and he was a throws coach, and uh, there was a lot of good uh, youngsters. I think the, of my age group, the best was Norrie Foster who was okay. fourth in the decathlon at the Jamaica Commonwealth Games in 66. Oh, right. And uh, he, he was good at everything. So our sort of teenage days were on a Sunday to go to the club and just do every event and practice it and round it off with some running. <laughs> so <laughs> sort of 10 by 200 to see what happens. <laughs> and so we learned, uh, we learned to throw hammers, to do shot put, pole vault everything like that and just had great fun doing it and there was there was quite a lot of people did it with us so it, it wasn't a lonely uh, thing to do uh, and i just picked up whatever and um yeah yeah won the glasgow schools my dad was so chuffed I had to, <laughs> I had it but all the time secretly i was wanting to be an endurance runner <laughs> like him <laughs> but I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> now I now describe myself as as, a, as being a hammer thrower who wanted to be endurance runner, and that's what happened. <laughs> it's not a good
1: plan. <laughs> so when so when so obviously that's that we you we see your your Glasgow Schools discus win there. Did you were you at that stage? You were I mean, as I say, looking at your your uh your sort of your best, and there's hammer in there, there's discus. You've got a triple jump, shot put, javelin. I mean, it's it's incredible. You seem to really an absolute, you know, someone who's touched every event. And I actually see that you've, I read somewhere that you were in the national rankings, um, the Scottish national rankings in an event of sorts every year between 64 and 77. So you must be been competing very regularly. Well, I I had fads, really.
5: So I would do something for a little bit until I got to the standard I thought I couldn't prove at and uh, then I'd move on to something. I think the running's best for that. I, I remember I wanted to go under a minute for 400 hurdles, and then <laughs> under two minutes for 800, and under ten, 10 minutes for a steeplechase, and it went on like that, and all the the throws events were like that as well. And I'd just do them, uh, and i have some fun and go and do what I could, I could with it. Um, I, I, I mean it would, it was strange that at the West District Championships in nineteen sixty-nine I remember I entered the three thousand metre steeplechase and the pole vault <laughs> 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 and unfortunately I wasn't che- I wasn't I wasn't uh, at um, finished in the pole vault when the steeplechase was called. <laughs> So I went and ran in that and I ran really well Actually, they were second in it and there was a wee guy called Jim Brown a first year junior right. running with me. If you remember Jim Brown he finished fifth in the World Cross Country Championships oh, right. okay. <laughs> a few years later and he couldn't hurdle, so <laughs> I went away off fast as I usually do and these were the days you would have 30 people in the steeplechase you know, on a cinder track which is Not the best thing to run in. And I would take about 10 metres off him on a barrier, and then he he was so much faster. (laughs) (laughs) Just flattening. So I finished second to him. (laughs) And 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 that's what I enjoyed about the sport. It wasn't particularly... I knew, I think I knew I was never going to be good at anything, outstanding at anything. And um, I was just happy to be there and do a little and go to league matches and you know to take on a few events Norrie Foster and I went to one league match at Meadowbank and we were the only two that turned up for the Shettleson and I think we finished fifth (laughs) (laughs) We 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 couldn't do the real (laughs) leagues We we
1: did two legs each
5: Uh, that, that was a great day for us, and we
1: just—that was what we did. It was just great fun. That's that—that's that thats that is, thats the sort of club spirit that that you know we want. To, we want to see is you know people just enjoying being out and competing for the club and making you know making a day out of these league matches. And I think that's sure. a really it's a really important message for for you know younger participants now. Yeah,
5: I know. It's it's just. Um, just uh, people don't do enough of the sport to, en- to enjoy it. Uh, we're not all going to be world stars, and I was never going to be a world star. Um, but I could. I was a good enough runner to train with the Chetos and Fast Pack, which had people like uh, Blackie Stewart and Dick Wedlock, mm-hmm. Alistair Blumeyer, and Norman Morrison, my namesake. Sometimes people would
4: mistook us until they
1: saw us running. <laughs> 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 so wh- when did you get into the, did, I mean, you obviously eventually got into the endurance running then. When did, when did you get into that? And did you, in, did you stick at, you mentioned 800 and 400 there, or did you sort of progress through steeple 10 K? Mar- I mean, I noticed on your record, you've got, you know, your marathon PB in 77. I mean, uh, and two an impressive 252. When, how did that, transition through the endurance, into the endurance runner you so wanted to be happen?
5: Um, It, it, there wasn't any progression. I did both of them all the time. So Ah, most of my, most of my my training would be running and and it it was endurance running really. Um, And so And these are, you know, growing up in Shettleson, I would do things like um, I always wanted to be in the Edinburgh Glasgow team, the eight man relay that everybody trained for. Hmm. And so I trained very hard for that and running with the good guys um, and just trying to do everything like that. Well, at the same time, since i had learned all the technique for throwing, that doesn't go away very quickly, the strength does. But the technique doesn't, so I, I, you throw hammers, and then go for a run. <laughs> so it's um, so I, I didn't really develop into just an endurance runner. I just was with everything else I did.
1: And you so you talked there about that was obviously a lot of your time at um, Shettleston. but we know that you moved eventually to St Andrews, where you are now, and you're and and you know became a huge part of Fife. What what? Fife was Fife. What was the sort of forming status of Fife in terms of when in around the time when you moved there and and when you moved there did you were you running were you running or were you throwing or again doing a bit of everything
5: doing both? Um, when I when I came to I came in a one year contract to the university
4: I thought I'll go for a year it's a
1: long one year
5: see what it was like. and then i'll then i'll go back to glasgow <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of a wife family children grandchildren <laughs> but it just it's it's a place that sucks you in you probably know that it's, it's I, yes <laughs> once you live here you begin to think about well where else do i want to live absolutely a, a number of good places anyway um I was out running one day and Don McGregor was out running as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know, you know who I'm talking about?
1: I, I know who Don McGregor is, um, but maybe for yeah. listeners, you can give a bit of background for Don. Well,
5: Don, during his marathon running life, although he was a good cross-country runner as well, ran 50 marathons, 25 of them under uh, 220. His, his, best Incredible. Two, his best was 214 and he was seventh in the Olympics in uh, Munich in 1972. So I Very moved awesome. here in 1971, and I was out running one day, and we we can't remember, but one of us said to the other, I think it was Don that said to me, I see you're running all the time, would you like to come and join, join me? you'd no, no one to train with. <laughs> <laughs> And I knew, I, I knew who he was, but remember, I'd been able to train with people like Lachie Stewart, who was the Colonel Games cha- um, champion. So I was quite comfortable training with him. Racing with him is another—you know—is another twenty seconds a mile faster than <laughs> <he> was, <laughs> to do anything. Anyway, trained with Don for ages, and then we, when we were out, we used to, you know, talk and we said, "Well, we all run for." He ran for Edinburgh Southern, and I ran for Shettleson, and there was people like Doug Gunston about who ran for Hockhill, um, Sam Graves, and a few others that were about. That were good runners. They said, well, why don't we just get together and have a club here? Um, and the Water club in Cooper, it was really a track and field club, but eventually the children's group in St Andrews the Cooper and District Club and the rest of us joined up in 1975, and by that time I decided I was going to stay here, and we all we all just formed that club, and that's where Fife ac came in.
1: That's amazing, and it's such a it's over the years it's become such a a big club. It's you know you compare it to. Places you know, like um, you know Edinburgh, Glasgow, even Aberdeen, where there's multiple clubs, and Fife has got such a massive catchment area. It's incredible.
5: Yeah. Well, we, we don't. We we're, we're there's there's Steve's group, um, uh, Stephen Doyle, mm-hmm. so uh, Annabelle's coach. Yeah. Uh, he he is a group down there, and sometimes because of where he lives, he coaches at Petrivi. but we don't really okay. have any members from. Sort of uh, southwest of uh, uh, Kirkcudri, so Glen Glenrothes is a dead area at the moment. We're trying to do something about it, but mostly it's Cooper and St Andrews, and that's a quite a small catchment area.
1: Yeah. Okay. I see. You. Yeah, I didn't realize quite realize that. Um, how? I mean, in terms of the the club was formed in St Andrews, or you say Cooper? Oh, sorry.
5: You no, know, it was really. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm Well. It was really getting together the St Andrews and Cooper, Cooper. The Cooper Club was stronger. Okay. At that time, but the promise of all the other people coming in really drove it. So Don McGregor stopped running for Edinburgh Southern, ran for Fife. Fife. Wow.
1: Uh, And the and Fife as a club, I mean, obviously it grew. As a as an athlete, were you you were continuing to to run and train with Fife through uh, through those formative years, I assume.
5: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I ran for the university for a bit, um, which probably because I was on the staff. Um, maybe shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see myself as a referee not allowing that. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: We'll come to your official roles shortly. <laughs>
5: we, um, we, did, we did. We had a great um, a great group of runners at one time um, with Stuart Easton, Derek's brother, Derek's older brother. Ah, okay. And his older brother was a 345, uh, 1500 metre runner, ran for Scotland. Blimey, I didn't know that. I would say slightly, don't tell Derek this, but Mm -hmm. slightly better athlete than Derek. (laughs) (laughs) He was very, very fast. And David Lorimer, who was the British University steeplechase champion, were there, and we got third in the the East District relays, which was a terrific day uh, for us. So we had a lot lot of fun as well, you know, it was was great times. Um, And... You know, and, and I've, during, still got,
1: I've still got the medal. <laughs> ha! Excellent. <laughs> and and during those, I mean, if, you know, we I think you know, when I look at your time at Fife, and the, you know, the, the you you start even when I look, you know, your, your university years, you're you're already getting involved as time secretaries for the Strathclyde University team. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of you know, captaining the Strathclyde University cross country team, 64 to 67. Uh, I see you also ran for Glasgow Uni. You know, you've you've got worn a lot of vests over your time.
5: Yeah, uh, well, only the three universities. <laughs> well, I did, I did different degrees at different universities. I was still ah, okay, uh, but mostly I was a, a part-time student, and I had a job at Glasgow. My first degree was in Strathclyde um, statistics, and then I did com- I, I just moved to computer science. Then at Glasgow. Oh, okay. And uh, then uh, I got that, 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 that teaching position in St Andrews. Mm, okay. Science, and that's um, that's what moved me. And it me uh,
1: amongst all these these you know running in those various different vests, I mean, there's some really there's some good results in there. I mean, you were talked about the bronze medal at the National Cross in '77 as part of the Shettleston team. Um, we talked about your Scottish School's discus champion. What would you say your career highlight was as a runner, your most memorable and fond memory?
5: Oh, I thought you were going to ask that. It's really quite hard to say. Let me tell you about the <laughs> the National uh, Cross Country Medal. Here's a, here's a bit of a pub quiz for you, if you want to do okay. one of your, your, your virtual quizzes. Excellent. Says, Who is the person... <laughs> That has the worst position in the national and still won medal. It, <laughs> it, it's me.
1: You were the, the sixth I, I, counter, were you?
5: Yes, and I think what happened that day is that Norman Morrison dropped out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was really, really pleased. That, that medal, I just I treasured it.
1: That's That's brilliant. But I mean, so I'm looking at it now, so it says you're 114th. I'm yeah. surprised. I would have thought that they would have, that some teams would have won that, you know, going a bit deeper back, but that's maybe not. Obviously not. Have,
5: a, have a look in the archive. It's, it's there. It's, it's also the reason why the archive's there.
1: We need to get Arnold Black on the case.
5: No, no, it's nothing to do with Arnold. It's with Alec Jackson and I started it.
1: Oh, right, okay. The, I beg your pardon. The cross Country Archive. Oh, that about, archive. I'll
5: tell you about that later.
1: So that um, was where was that national was that that I guess wouldn't have been at the that was pre. I oh, was at Cobridge okay Cobridge yeah in those days. you must have run a fair few of the national venues then
5: yes, I ran quite a lot of them.
1: and what would you say is your your, your favorite oh, of the my venues
5: best, my, my best um, did I win any other medals <laughs> we got it. what I really enjoyed was running the Edinburgh Glasgow. And I'd managed that five times. And we got a most meritorious medal. Five got the most meritorious medal that day. So that that might be it. And I enjoyed, enjoyed it all. It just
1: the thing, you know, that, those are events. We, I mean, I say we, some, as the, the Sc- Scottish running community, things like the Edinburgh Glasgow, really, that is, you know, that's something I think so many of us would love to get involved. I love the national road relays. And it's a shame that there's not more days like that, you know, for road relays. That's a real, you know, we're going to try and get a team down for things like the um, Alan Scallies next year and really run more of these relays. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Edinburgh Glasgow, that's, that must have been fantastic to run. It
5: was phenomenal, but it it got too dangerous. Right, OK. It, it was just, um, and most of the danger was from the travelling. <clears throat> the travelling support in their cars, <clears throat>
1: oh, right, like
5: okay. little pockets of cars, traffic, following the race. Ah, right. That's, that's really why, why the police closed it down.
1: Okay. Um,
5: but running into the centre of Glasgow, and I did leg once, when it, set, it finished really in Ingram Street, right at the Stock Exchange, right okay. in the middle of Glasgow. Wow. But <laughs> it was just something else.
1: That's incredible. I, I ran
5: that leg for St Andrews because no one else knew their way r- around Glasgow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Navigation as well as running for these legs.
5: I know where you're in case you got lost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I have I think the these are, I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see the sort of the the, the background in running, and you know, as I say, when it's interesting. We talk with we move, sort of moving into the your roles as official in all your the, the, the clubs you've been part of. There's a real sense of um you know being involved at right at the forefront. Particularly in cross country, that seems to there's you know as we talk a lot about track, but also now cross country. It looks there's quite a clear love affair with cross country through there, and even even when you're looking at um at Shettleston, you're running as team manager in 70-71. Um, involved with the cross country committee there, did you always sort of feel that um, uh, eagerness to get involved in in club uh, club of you know club politics and officials?
5: So there's been a whole lot of um, officials that I really admired amongst them, with my dad and people like Willie Lane and Eddie Taylor, who was actually the team manager for Scotland at the Commonwealth Games in '70. Mm, great okay. coaches like Alec Nealer. You'll hear people with Alec Naylor's stories forever, you know. He coached Nat Muir. Oh, right, okay. So, so uh, and Alan Scally himself was there. I ran oh, wow. the first Alan Scally race. And they, wow. were sort of, they were sort of role models for us. And so not everybody, I've got to say, in Shettleson could do this, but those that could contributed and... You just felt if you were going to be there, you had to do something and try and help out. And I I was better at that than I was at making up (laughs) their (laughs) teams. I still didn't try to make up their teams. (laughs) The the year that um, I was cross country captain, um, I got my pals together, um, my cousin David who, I, I put on Lackey Stewart because Lackey was famous for not turning up. <laughs> <laughs> he would go from Glasgow to Alexandria in the, the villa, vale leaving and pick him up every Saturday. <laughs> <to race. laughs> Come with me. And just, just, it was just about bringing organisation, and we won everything that year. Absolutely every team race. Wow. Um, in, Scotland, in Scotland and went down to the English National and won it as well. Only just, but we won it. Only two happen? Scottish clubs have done that. Victoria okay. Clark, about 15 years before that.
1: That's amazing. So that, that was up. the last time that happened?
5: Well, it can't happen now because we deliberately put the Scottish National on the same day.
1: Ah, of course. Um, when did that change happen?
5: Um, well, that changed happened when we rearranged all the um, the fixtures, and that's about um, fifteen years ago now. Okay, a, a little less than that, um, because there was a, one of the things that I did later when I became chairman of the road running and convener of the road running cross country commission was to try and get a grip of the, the season, and what what if I asked you. What do you think this cross country season should be? Should look like? Well, when we started, it just looked like stuff. No mm. themes, no progression, nothing like that. And when we tried to get a, whole, a grip of that, then that's when we started saying, right, it has to be on that day. Mm, okay. But maybe come, maybe come to that later. So
1: yeah,
5: I'll tell you why.
1: But I mean it's interesting you're already you know mentioning you know bodies like like that Um, and I was reading about how you were I didn't realize you were quite heavily involved in that the the movement from the from amateur athletics um, club sort of the Scottish amateur athletics status in Scotland to the Scottish Athletics Federation itself. Um, Yes. When did you you get in when did you what stage did you get move to get involved move from sort of club politics um, Mm -hmm. to more national stuff?
5: Uh, I think 1979, actually, I was on the Scottish Cross Country Union General Committee, Uh, sort of uh, missing about there. And um, Alan Jackson tells a story of um, suggesting at one of the meetings (laughs) that uh, we should uh, have a single body for men and women. (laughs) <laughs> it <was> a really <laughs> sharp intake of breath. Really? <laughs> <laughs> this was in the early 80s. We right? were quite a while with that. And I was president for um, a year. You did, did a year. Um, and I think 85, 86. And then when the notion started getting serious about amalgamating the four governing bodies, which were the women's cross-country, men's cross country, women's track and field, men the SDAs. Um, then I was on the, the group of four that uh, went round trying to sell it to the clubs.
1: Um, How was it received back then?
5: That was received all right. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think people were sort of ready for it. The clubs were certainly ready for it because uh, the number of single gender clubs was um, was getting less and less, and when we formed c it was always a mixed club. Okay, so it's hard to believe nowadays that you you have these single gender clubs. Mm. But that's, it was beginning to decline then, and then of course having four governing bodies, what's the point of that? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, but it, that was the that was the history and the tradition. Mm-hmm.
2: So, um,
5: so there was some opposition, but it wasn't really bad. And I think by 1992, we'd convinced everybody and all the AGMs had to close down. So here's a YP story, Robin Thomas.
1: Oh, hey, here we go.
5: Story? YP, here's another public quiz. Who was president of the cross-country union for one week? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: wow.
1: So you've got to tell but, us why he was only for well, one week.
5: The vice president, there was an AGM of the cross-country union to close it down. <laughs> we, that, we, had to, we had to appoint a president. It was my feet shot. <laughs> <laughs> he did it very well and very graciously.
1: Because <laughs> for him, I didn't, I didn't actually realise that was on a CV. That's excellent. Excellent.
5: <laughs> so you, um, you have to you have to think of, think of that one. And then that's when everything started getting slightly better. But it took a, a lot of time for it to settle down. You've got to remember there was only one member of staff then.
3: Oh, wow.
5: Uh, it's, and there was and one secretary, that was
1: it. Um, and
5: the secretary was Margaret Creekhead, Barry's wife. Okay, Barry the starter. Oh, right, okay.
1: <laughs> oh, that, the, minute you, the minute you put your finger <laughs> up there, Rick. okay, yeah,
5: okay. It's his, it his wife. <laughs> oh, small world. <laughs> still going strong. So.
1: It's um, funny, I mean, everything's so slick now. You know, Scottish elections, you know, such a as an organization, isn't It is, is looks, you know, from a, as a A club member and a member its it's in such a great position but it's amazing to look back then and see uh, to to hear how it was and you know it's funny you talk about you know cross-country commissions and whatnot and when when I think about uh, cross-country in Scotland uh, the two names that come to mind are yourself and Alex Jackson so I mean at what stage did did, um, sort of you get in tour with Alex Jackson and you really get your get sort of involved and stuck into cross-country organization? Mm -hmm.
5: It's hard to, I've known Alex from uh, for a long time, uh, so he was on the Cross Country Commission, uh, although I think we probably met at the East District, uh, there used to be an East District Committee as well. And I think we probably met there uh, first and teamed up with doing things. Um, and th- we all sort of worked well together. Um, but we really got very serious about 2008 when, um, well, there's another, there's another issue here. There was the Scottish Athletics Federation did all right, but it didn't do very well. It didn't reform itself. And it's one of the bouts I had. I used to do a lot of intensive stuff and then go back to work because there was people saying to me, I came here to work with you. <laughs> <No idea. laughs> so around about um ninety-eight there's um a group of us, uh Chris Robinson, you'll probably know, Neil mm-hmm. Park, uh Bill Smith, myself, Ian yeah. Beatty was involved in it as well. Okay. We decided that this this wasn't working. We're still working like the sds used to, and things weren't progressing, they weren't getting any better. And so um, Neil Park and I wrote a vision document of where Scottish Athletics should go and we got, um, this, after we got the clubs to accept that this is the way we go. That was really hard. There was an awful lot of robber barons that didn't want their, ter- their turf robbed because um, we were going to change everything. Um, and and what, was
1: that, what was that vision?
5: The the, the vision was, so we wrote down all the bits that you would do. Mm -hmm. and In fact, Mark Munro quite often says to me, you know, he writes another vision document. He says, I've just stolen your document from 20 years ago. (laughs) That's not quite true. He's well advanced in what we did, but the, the seeds were there on that. I think that was a significant point in time for it. But it was real turmoil and a lot of abuse being thrown at me, particularly. And oh, really? Wow, was dear. It doing it. Yeah, the, 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 the sport wasn't really in harmony with itself. It hadn't evolved enough. One of the visions was to make it professional. Um, mm, okay. So to get a CEO to run it. So when the two years I was president, there was no CEO. I was sort of acting like the CEO. Um And uh, we we hired um, David Joy, who had come from hockey in England, and he did a superb job. But he had a lot of grief from the people that didn't want their baronies taken away. People that were, I'm head of coaching for this. Actually, this is not a good way of organising it. Mm. You just let your pals in. um, Mm -hmm. it, It was the the sport was just full of. Of that, it was it was dying on its feet. There were no good athletes in that period either. Um, so the the, the muers and the the great endurance runners of the seventies had all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, I I after that I did had enough. Actually, it was four years of strife and everything. I was pleased with what we did. We got it done. We got David Joy hired, handed it over to him, went back to work. <clears throat> and then I retired, and I thought, "What am I going to do?" So I phoned up Alex, and I said, "Look, if I try and take over the road running commission, will you be the secretary?" <laughs> he said, oh, I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where some real big changes came. We started to do look at all aspects of how we were um, presenting cross country and road running, and saying, "How can we improve that?" And, um. We made it so that people were, we weren't really elected onto these committees, but we had, we we invited them. Okay. So we got people that were going to work in the same way, they, the Robert Barnard attitude had gone. They were just, oh, all right, we're sold in this, we'll do it. And one of the things we did was to, uh, we started to do was to take the cross country year and say, if you were an athlete, what would you really want? from this cross country year. And you'll see that through the years, at any one year, the, the season starts with short cross country races mm-hmm. in relays and the short course. Now we had to move the, the short course from January into a very crowded period in, uh, in um, November. Mm-hmm. But we did it. And it's, it's, and so if you look at the start off of the season now, people that don't want to run a lot of cross country like uh, Jenny Selman in our our club, Mm -hmm. but she'll run short course. So she gets a bit of experience of of running cross country and she can use it as on June's build up. So you've got that, the track runners really that you can use there. Mm -hmm. And then as it goes through the season, the distances go up and the number of participants go up in the team races. Mm. So you've got a progression throughout the the year. It goes up and up, highlighted in the National. And that's why we don't go to the English National, which it was on that day. So um, I think that's worked very well, particularly with the women. The number of women, everybody can be proud of the fact that we get four times the number of women running in the National now than we had 10 years ago.
1: Um, I, I, tend, I, te- I completely agree. And I, you know, I, having not having only run the cross country uh, calendar for the last 12 years, I only know it really in this, in that format. But I think, you know, that short start is, yeah, we see a lot of members who, who think well, it's only 4k, you know, it's, um, I can, you know, I can do it. And by the time it gets to December, it's not so difficult to, to encourage them to step up to run a little bit further for the district champs by the time we get around to that.
5: The other the other part was that was to equalise it, uh, to equalise the distances for men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I've been a strong advocate of that for ages. Alex is not so keen on it, um, and I'm not sure I've persuaded him yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, the the point I I, I think that, that always struck me with it is that um, in any other aspect of endurance running and athletics. Women run the same distance as men. Hill running, they run the same course. Mm. Um, if they track and field, you don't see any women running twenty mile marathons. They run marathons. Yeah. Cross country was just living in the the dark ages. Um, so, last year we managed to persuade everyone. It took about ten years, that's the women would run the same distance and we had to take the men down to do that to to 10k. That's a good story there, I'll tell you that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that that wasn't universally popular, but I kept saying things like to people, I'll tell you what, we'll have a I vote at the beginning of the race and ask them to, if they want to run 10k or 12k. Uh-huh. <laughs> see what they say. Or i tell you what we'll do. We'll put a mat in, a timing mat in at 10k and see if anything changes. Ah, that's an
3: interesting one. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it doesn't. Anyway, we, we, we got that last year and I think, um, I think now we've got where we, we want to be. Mm. If you look back at the history of cross-country running in Scotland, when it started, there was only about 50 runners, and it was still 60 count. You know, and mm-hmm. people would say, well, there's not enough women for 60 count. But I think what's happened is something else, is that the, it's the old Edinburgh-Glasgow thing, if you want to get into your team of six, you train like stink, and a lot of people do.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: That's where the numbers come from. Mm. I know what happened in the Fife Club this year, all the girls will trade it hard to, to get in that national team. Plus the fact that Stephanie and Annabelle ran for the first time. Uh,
3: yeah.
1: Which, um, and what about on the roads then? i say like the road relays, do you see that going to to uh, to you know fully uh, 12 stage for the women as well? Or do you think that's something that will need a bit more work?
5: Right. I'd, I have to say... I think the one thing I really feel I failed at in my life is road running. We've brought no organisation to running, road running at all. It's it's just stuff. We have championships within something, somebody else's events, and we can't control it if we do that.
1: Yeah, tend to agree.
5: It's just, and I mean I'm part of the problem, not part of the solution to it. I can't think of a way. Of getting this together again,
1: um, is that because that I guess for cross country it's probably easier to. Um, I'm. I don't know. If I'm thinking. I'm sort of thinking out loud here. Is, is it easier to, you can just get hold of a um, you know a public parker or, or work with the local authorities to use that rather than start looking at road closures and whatnot for what is, you know, yeah, what can be quite a significant event. I mean, the the five k is one I've always thought is it's a fantastic event. Um, I've always wondered whether I mean, that's, that is essentially just a Scottish championship. So I know it's an, an open entry, but that, that oh, feels like the type of thing it could be.
5: It is, but you, to run the Scottish championship, you've got to be a member of Scottish athletics at, at Silvernails. And the same is true at um, Stirling. One, mm. of, one, of the, one of the problems we, ha- we have is we lost it in the early 90s um, with the marathon boom. And people wanted to run in these big events. And that's, that's kind of natural. So the, the the athletes themselves voted with their feet. Um, there was more money in them, and they just wanted to be part of the big things. And the problem we have now is there's no use us putting on an event in opposition to, say, Sterling, because all we're doing is taking money yeah. out of clubs. Yeah. All that money goes back into athletics anyway.
3: Mm-hmm. So
5: it's it's... It's a difficult problem uh, to solve. Silver now is the same. Adrian pumps the money back into um, back into to athletics. So it's these are not evil things to be you know,
1: yeah. beaten. Yeah. One because one thing I mean the fixed one bone of contention a lot of club athletes have and you know we've to admit we have gripped put it on here and I know it but I know it's not an easy thing and it's a complex thing. But fixture congestion becomes an issue and you know you've you've got. I mean, you've got runners who are saying, oh, "I want to run the Scottish half champs, but it's the same day as the Loch Ness marathon." Or, "I want to run um, the 10k champs, but it's the same day as the as some cross country event." That must be a difficult thing as well to to look at. Is how you've got so many events, and in this day and age, when a club runner wants to run every national championship from 5k to marathon, that can't be easy. Yeah, it's
5: it's it's not, um, and the pro- the other problem is that. We don't really control it. We think we control it. But um, if someone wants to put a race on, they'll just put a race on. Uh, The only thing that we can do is to say to people, if you've got one of our licenses, this is what we guarantee. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ali does that very well. Ali Love does that extremely well. Um, Trying trying to keep that going. But I I haven't thought of a solution Mm -hmm. uh, for it. And I don't know of a good
1: one. On the, I mean, we're sort of dancing on various subjects here, but I'm, I'm finding this very interesting. One thing that I've always wondered is the, the Scottish, the marathon championships on the road, how, when did that start going to London?
5: Ah, I've heard you talking about that before. i tell you what you should do. Here's a <laughs> trick. You should try and find out how many people, Scots club athletes run in London. And how many run in any other marathon in, in Scotland? And but, London is by far the biggest.
1: Is that right? That's funny.
5: Well, <laughs> a long way. It's, it's something like seven hundred a year. Mm, wow.
1: But
5: yeah, it's it, it's an enormous number. And I know that the girls that I coach, they they just want to run London. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's they not they don't care. It's three hundred and whatever miles away. And what it costs to go down. That's, that's what they want to run. I mean, and we don't really have... We have nice races in Scotland, marathons, but we don't have a championship where a lot of club mm-hmm. runners run running. They're not fast enough for them, the courses.
3: Yeah.
5: They want to run in fast courses. And that, again, the athletes walk with their feet.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, and we counted... it. Um, so, I mean, what it was, was because of that happening we thought, well, in championship years, Commonwealth or um, or in, into Olympics, the really good runners, which we would like to run in our championships, will run London anyway, to try and qualify for something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be going for me to, and Derek's got to go to London or would have had to go to London to get Olympic place this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find it. lots of the women do that. They,
1: they just want a fast course. Absolutely. And to be honest, I mean, I'm, you know, I have, I've got to say I've sort of changed my mind a few times. And I'm, I think I'm, I'm now in the position that, you know, I, I think it's great that it goes to London because, you know, I, I, uh, I want to run London because it's fast. We Our club, we send a lot of people down because it's a good weekend down at London. It's, a, it's also the best of British out there, so you've got a good field. And also, you, you know, I think there's a you, if you want to see you want to see your Scottish marathon champion coming from you know Callum, Derek, Robbie, um, you know, any of the the guys who are running those sort of times, <laughs> you know, um, and I think, uh, you know, some to people who say my position now is to people who say, well, it's, it's it's not you can't you shouldn't have a championship for a race that you can't guarantee you can't just anyone can't just enter out. I would say, well, if you let's be honest, if you're if you're if you're competing, you're going to get a championship spot or a good for age spot anyway. So as a club, you know, so that those we should be able to qualify. Um, yeah, but I appreciate it's not it's not an easy one. Anyway, I guess on the we've kind of diverged a wee bit. But from your one thing I really want to speak about, we're talking about cross country is um, referee at the World Cross in 2008. That must have been an incredible um, role to be an event to be involved in.
5: It, it 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 was um, and this is where uh, Alec put in a huge amount of work. This in. Jeff Whiteman was the CEO of Scottish Athletics at the time, okay. and Jeff that's Jake's father mm-hmm. and coach. Mm-hmm. And Jeff was a hugely good events man. Um, so he wanted to put on events all the time to show Scottish Athletics that at his best, and it was him that captured uh, the World Championships for Scotland, and the year before they went out to Kenya, he took Alex out to Kenya, because Alex was going to be the sort of general organiser of the event in Edinburgh, Um, and they came back with all this stuff, Um, and Ian Clifton, I don't know if you, you're probably a bit young for Ian Clifton, Ian Clifton and um, Bob McSween ran cross country in, in Scotland in the 80s and they were superb at it. They were great role models for Alex and I uh, to know because they just were slick at selecting world teams and taking them to the worlds and, uh, and everything else. Anyway, Ian Clifton uh, got the team together and they asked me if I would be referee. I'd refereed about 20 nationals by that time. Wow. Okay. Um, So I I was fairly experienced. Not like these days where you have to go in courses. um, But it was sort of learning on the job stuff. So you would do the national national relays, stuff like that, and learn how to to do refereeing. Reading the rules is easy. Um, It's all the other stuff talking to people and Persuading them that what they're doing is not the right thing. <laughs> I always, I always say that um, the one big job that a referee has to do is to make sure they never disqualify anyone. Uh-huh. Because if you, ha- if you, if you have to, you've not thought through what's going to happen and stop it happening before it does. Mm. So if you see something going on, there was an incident about. Remember, the short course was at Lanark. Was that three years ago? Yes.
1: Yes, I remember that.
5: Yeah. That Gemma Rieke was, was not going to run in a club vest um, because there was a competing uh, advertisement. There. I think
1: I remember that, that year. But yeah. she ran on a GB vest. She, she,
5: was, she was supposed to run, uh, she was going to run in a GB vest because that worked. Um, and I said to her at the beginning of it, uh, that the referee had discretion to allow you to run in a club vest, and you could club, and uh, you could count for the club team. Oh no! I, the referee had discretion that she could run in a GB vest and still count for the club, um, and they did that. And ah, uh, right. I, I said that to her so that she knew that she was all right, and there wasn't going to be an argument mm-hmm. that were in. Of course, I got a few team managers <laughs> telling me I couldn't do that until I pointed the rule out to them.
3: What
5: uh-huh. <laughs> interest is with team managers, it's athletes. I
3: want
5: to make sure they're all right. <laughs> so you- so yeah, Gemma counted in the team and they won. Um, nice. And that was fine. might have been a mistake because I think it's five or fourth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Doing them out <up> the medal. <laughs> so, have you, have you, so I'm interested to in, know, have you ever disqualified anyone from the national cross?
5: Yes, twice the same person.
1: Oh dear. Uh,
5: Under under 15 race. A a good friend of Andrew Lemonchell is actually Kevin Keeley from Camas Lang. Okay. So the first time he won the national, absolutely won the national. Um, but I had to point out to him, he wasn't entered, <laughs> he was <laughs> running with someone else's number on.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and <laughs>
5: that wasn't very really good. And the, and the next year, he uh, came in well ahead of everybody and I said, Kevin, you've not run the right course. Oh, the marshal told me to go that way. And I said, Kevin, it's the athlete's responsibility, <laughs> <laughs> the course. you ran half of it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and So I had to, and I got to know him through Andrew uh, a lot later, fortunately he got a bronze medal the next year, I got to know him, We used to laugh about it, <laughs> the only person that's
4: qualified in
5: no, you, you, you've funny. got to try and make sure. Unless somebody cuts the course, um, you, you really want to find a way of not disqualifying them. Mm. Um, the, the trouble is the rules have changed um, and the, unit, the referees do not have as the much uh, discretion as they used to have. So one of the things that's happened is track and field have taken over the rules and nobody's bothered to rewrite them. This is at UK level. Um, In fact, around about the the early 90s, um, Track and Fuel somehow, uh, this is when I was away back at work, persuaded the rest of Scotland to get rid of the rule book. And it swept away all the cross country rules. And the cross country rules used to have things like if you were within five meters in the discretion, and there was no advantage of the, the racing line, and the, re, the referee had discretion to allow that. Mm. now you're not. If they run off the course, there's no disc- and someone complains, because if the referee sees it, they could ignore it. Mm-hmm. But if someone complains, they can't ignore it.
1: And how do you follow that at cross country? Because cross country, I mean, at Falkirk, that must be a course. Like I use Falkirk as an example because I mean, you can't see every inch of the course. So, how do you deal with that if someone makes a complaint and you've not seen it?
5: I, do, I, do, I, do, I, do, I try to ignore it. <laughs> I try my absolute best. Yes, I was watching in my binoculars. I saw that. <laughs> Are you kidding? good You're listening to cross country. No, the, the, the worst thing you can do is just somebody. What's,
1: what's, to the best, uh, what's the most uh, bizarre complaint you've had at a cross-country race from a team manager or, or an athlete?
5: Um, goodness, that's interesting. Well, I'll tell you a different incident. As you said, um, when we changed the distances with the women, now, of the environment I was in, the Fife women, the Boggies women, they wanted the equality with the, the men. You, you remember, maybe remember one national after the Women's Championships, oh. some of the boggies and Megan Crawford.
1: Yeah, I remember that because I got beat by some of them.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> during Outrageous.
5: Joined in the, the men's race. Well, one of the people that was very much against the change was Morag uh, McClarty's mother. And who I knew, knew reasonably well and so she was giving me pelters and that was the year <laughs> that Morag won it over 10 key. Like, you never won it over eight
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> but she was right she Morag gave me a big hug she was so pleased with winning it
1: I'm sure
5: <laughs> that's
1: funny and that's, I remember that year when the when the girls ran in the men's race, and I remember a lot of men were annoyed because there was there was a couple of guys um, I know who were really put out because it almost like they were they were like this is a, not in a bad way this is our race, but they were annoyed that they were having to be that, they, that it was almost like it, it was creating a bit of a circus in the middle of the pack, you know. Um, so anyway, I'm, it, it's all fine now, and I think. I, yeah, I mean,
5: I think I think we've got it to a really nice place, mm. um, no doubt. We'll find out.
1: I think it's. I mean, I think it's, as I say, the, the calendar is in a, a great place. The national cross is such a fantastic event now. You know what? Um, what you know you're doing with it, at Scottish Athletics, is it's a real showpiece okay. event in the calendar now.
5: I've got to tell you, it it, it wasn't by an accident. I don't think. And um, Alex and I used to have a meeting after the national to say uh, not who was to blame, but what went wrong and how can we fix it. Um, <laughs> and we'd we'd do that with everybody involved, that from you know marshals, people taking the entries, and see make it slicker and slicker. And Ali and uh, it has um, has continued that. Um, so it, it just gets better and better all the time. Mm. What we do there, and it, awesome. it, I mean, there's are two races that are the highlights of the year: the national relays and the the. The national oh
1: absolutely sort of. it's the type of thing the minute that you the Scottish Alex fixture list comes out I know our club and everyone will be the same across Scotland it's the first two dates you put in your calendar you know and block them out yeah,
5: it's great yeah
0: Thanks so much again, Ron, for coming on the show. Really interesting. Um, yeah, looking forward to next week's installment as well. So, yeah, thanks again, Ron, for, for that. So, Tom, I'm just looking at the notes just now. I mean, do you know what? Like, since lockdown, we thought we'd run out of news items. But I think we've got so much to say and so much things are happening. Maybe maybe there, there, there isn't that much, but we're good ramblers. Certainly I am anyway. But one of the things uh, you've got here is D-side line chaos on your notes. What what what's that about? What what, what happened your on your on the D side line that we should we should know about?
1: Well you know what, so I, this is when in our training section I put a few bullets just to sort of trigger my memory of what I did last week. And I thought we weren't gonna cover I thought we'd moved on. So I was like I oh, I won't speak about it but I'll give you the I'll give you my, my download. I mean I went down so last week on Saturday I went down to the D side line now we can travel. So I thought great, first time I'm doing a tempo away from the coffin. So fantastic. Went down <laughs> to went to the D side line which for listeners who are not in Aberdeen is an old railway line which is like pretty narrow I mean it's 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 like a single less than a single carriageway lane if you like um for and it's it's completely paved it's you know it's six miles long to and before it well it's more than that but the section that we tend to run on so I thought I'll go down there and it was supposed to be windy and wet on Saturday I thought fine the weather will be a bit grim for my tempo but you know what it'll be quiet went down there and it was absolutely hoaching now the sun just came out or and everyone and i, I think this must be i don't know if this is just a lockdown everyone's now suddenly walk staying local or i don't know what the problem is but it honestly at one stage it felt like a football match had just poured out on the d-side line and I, you know when you look ahead and i'm usually you look up a line a road you're running on a pavement and you see yes. people ahead i couldn't see past people it was you know it was and like two or three times you sort of stop at first, I was like dodging around the side onto the grass, as I'm, and I'm trying to run quick, right? So I'm running, and becoming it in my leg. I mean, also, I didn't have it in the legs that weekend. I, just, I was just feeling yeah, did you, rubbish. Did
0: you, are you just saying? Are you just saying there was lots of people on the way so that you had to pause your watch and start? No, again, I d-
1: and that's the thing. I didn't pause my watch. I kept the I kept the watch running, yeah, and true. I was. Do you know I, I I mean, I've got no problem. This is these are all excuses, but I was I wasn't on pace. I wasn't feeling very good. I just was. I was. It was more of a struggle than it should have been. But when you get to like the fifth person that you've got to like dodge around the stop, I was like, "Sod this! I'm done." <laughs> Stepped off. I Was like, "I'm not doing six miles. I'm doing four miles." And like, <laughs> it, it all came to a crunch where there was a mobility scooter. I think it was a mobility scooter coming towards me, and there was a man on his bike with his son on his bike, and his son was like, I don't know, three years old, doddling around over the place, overtaking this mobility scooter. The guy on the father that is on his own bike with a dog on a leash <laughs> whilst he's on a bike, and I was like, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Like, but also, right, the other thing that was that crazy on the line is everyone's obviously meeting out with their mates to go for a walk. So you've got two sets of women, each out with their own child, but of course, they've got us physically distanced. so they're walking in a row with a, a gap between them, which blocks the whole path. Now, yeah. in that situation, do you go through the middle? So I'm shouting "track" or "runner," and nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Of, you know, and don't get me wrong. But the thing is, some of them see. If, someone, if I'm behind someone, I get it, and that's like that's on me. But if I'm coming towards someone and they see me, and I'm deliberately going tight to the left, just go to the right. Or go to your <laughs> left, as it were. But no, they also sort of look at you like rabbit in the headlights. Which way is this guy going to go? And I'm like, I'm cl- it was an utter, utter shambles. I, I, and <laughs> it's more for me for going down at like that sort of time of day. I'll need to get out sharper and go out at like five o'clock in the morning or late at night. Well, that's what I told you to do on chaos. Sunday. Was
0: it Sunday you're you run? did. Where's this?
1: No, this was on Saturday. So, so Sunday ah. I still went for a long run. Ah, I but bet. It, it, honestly.
0: If you went at five anyway, at 6 a.m. with me, you would have been fine, eh? But you know what? So I was like,
1: I was looking to run. It's an it's uphill, out, downhill, back on the tempo, and I was kind of expecting to lose a bit of time on the way back. And I was hoping to run 5.25s, and I went out and I was sort of like 5:24, 5:25, and then the third mile, 5:30, turned, and I'm weaving through people, like actively weaving through people, and I hit 5:31 on the fourth, and I was like, that was it. I thought I can't be arsed. <laughs> I'm really, I really can't be arsed. I'm not. This is a waste of my time. I'm not gonna and. Anyway, so I, I, that was, I came out of that thinking, this is just the, the pits. I was so f- angry. And I went, fortunately, I went on Strava and I saw about four other people had the exact same issue <laughs> on the sideline, <laughs> which made me feel much better. And uh, I went to Duthie, good old Dutty Park. I couldn't even do a tempo in Dutty Park because there's, the cafe is takeaway only. So there's a bloody queue snaked out right across the path, <laughs> which is oh, just... Oh. Uh, anyway, so a bit, of a, rough, a bit of a rough one for me there. It sounds but,
0: like, I sounds like the, what, what happened to me last week, eh?
1: last week sorry remind me on last oh of course yes sorry your guy on the bridge yeah so, but what i find there people i find it when some of the guys are look at you like i'm running keep away from me social distance and i'm like right i'm moving at like 5 30 minute miling here i can assure you the fraction of a second i'm within two meters of you is making no transmission of the virus i'm pretty sure the virus is not like leaping off my shoulder onto onto your mouth as i cruise past but. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah so but so like, anyway,
1: I, I had a very good long run on Saturday, on Sunday though, which was fine. Um, and took a new route, but what's cool is I went out in the I've been running in the Adidas, Adidas Solar Glides a bit recently, which I'm really enjoying. So maybe review those in a couple
0: of weeks' time. That sounds great. Well, I'm looking forward to that too. Right, well, I, I forgot to chat about my notes, weird injuries I was going to chat about, but I'm just going to leave it to another day. Um, mm. but we'll go into that another day. But anyway, you, uh, you, you've had the chance to. On your treadmill, running, no doubt. Reviewing London 1989. I, I, I hear it's not as uh, as entertaining as some of the other races that we've we've been listen, you know listening to. But nonetheless, give us your sixty second recap, Tom. So London
1: 1989. It was um, on. So on the start line, all the chat from the David Coleman and. Um, uh, Brendan Foster is that this is a stellar field it's um, the top five of the top eight from the Seoul Olympics are starting um, and it was also the first time you know we talk just to give a bit of context through the ages it was the ADT London Marathon which is a, a change it was Gillette it was Mars and Gillette previously uh, so so they're starting to, starting to sort of change in that way as a race on the men's side anyway it was um, it was quite a big group sort of went a big group, but maybe I like think five or six of them eventually got away. Sort of Isle of Dogs, that sort of region. And I guess the most interesting thing there was to see uh, Tony Milorsov for us uh, from a British perspective. He was in the mix again in his green and white vest. Kevin um,
0: Foster was there too, wasn't he?
1: Who? Kevin Foster. Kevin Foster. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's kicking about, I think. And anyway, the in the kind of after after that sort of Isle of Dogs, as you head back to past Tower Bridge and whatnot, it really whittled down to three, and it was Kenyan Douglas Wakihuru, uh, Steve Monagetti, Australian who we talked about last week, who was the the inventor, if you like, of the Mona monofartlek, and Ahmed Salah of uh, Djibouti. So these three were off together, and actually they came right up the mile to pretty much together, um, and it was. It was on it was only really once you got onto um the the bridge, what's it called, Westminster Bridge, that um that the Kenyan uh Wakihuru shot off and went for the win. So he uh won it in two oh nine oh three. So um you know quick quick time. But actually um you look back so the other two, Monogetti and Salah came in just behind him, but Tony Maloso have run two oh nine fifty four that
0: day. Which is that was a cool. cracking run. That was his PB, I think, as well, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: So really impressive there. Um, on the woman's side, it was uh, it was interesting. The the, the leader Aurora Cuna of Portugal, she went out and she was miles in front of Tower Bridge. Absolutely miles in front. And but you could you know when commentators are saying, I can't actually remember they gave her what her pace split was, but they're saying she's gone out far too quick here. This is like really, really aggressive. And in those days, the women were still starting with the, the masses. You always get this sort of group of club runners around them, working with them. And usually in the past, the previous years, we've seen um like Ingrid Christensen and um, her sort of uh, contemporaries, they're in the, the group of club runners and they look pretty controlled. They look like they're just sort of sitting there letting these club men do the work and they're, they're just under control. This girl looked like she was working far too hard. So not a surprise that she fell apart. And uh, it was actually Veronique Marot, who's a French-born... UK athlete who um came through for the win in two twenty five fifty six, which yeah. actually was um a British record which remained and t- which stood until two thousand two when Paula Radcliffe broke it with her oh, debut. Wow. So um yeah, so really interesting there. Um and it was yeah, so she actually run run the first ever London and finished ninth. So it was quite cool for her to
0: come back and win it in in nineteen eighty nine. So there you go. I like it. Well, apologies, folks. I never, uh bored. I, I watched the first half and then uh, <laughs> never had time Monday night. Came too quick for me. So, um, but yeah, it's good. Good to hear. Well done for cracking on and and watching it, Tom. Um, so let's change over back to. We've got a rant, don't we, Tom? Got we do have a rant. Graham Graham Aiken, uh, he doesn't say that he wants to be anonymous, so we will, um, yeah, we'll we'll read the show. Um, Sorry, I rambled there. I was multitasking. Uh, So, yeah, the the rant we have, folks, is anyway, what is the general etiquette for Strava following? If someone follows you, do you automatically follow them back? reason I ask is that I was followed by a random mountain biker from south of England. No idea who he is, but fair enough, I thought. Understandably, he wants to follow an athlete of my caliber and find out how I trained to achieve my 38 minute 10Ks and my average hill race pedigree. Laughing emoji. However, a few days later, he comments to my man saying, Great effort, we'd appreciate a follow back. Hold on, here, am I being guilty into following him back? If I don't follow him back now, do I look like a dick? <laughs> Have a hand. I don't want my feed being filled up with mountain biking nonsense. I have no interest in it. So Graham wants to know: TRS have to decide what his fallen fate is—yes or no. So Tom, what do you think?
1: So before I before I rule on this, I I th- I think Strava has a, has a is a real problem with this. And I I've you know when you get a random person following you, I always think, mm, is that should I, is that cool? I mean, if someone I don't know just following me on Strava, potentially seeing where I live. Now I know you've got the Strava privacy zone. Um, Anyway, I'm obviously over it because I let most people who request to follow me, follow me. But I find it bizarre. I always find it bizarre when someone random wants to follow me. And I I tend to assume it's because they've either seen me at a race or they've seen seen me on a segment and I don't know. I must be running training for a similar time to them to make it interesting to follow me. Otherwise, I have no idea why you want to follow me and the, as Kyle told me in the past, the nonsense I put on Strava. So in Graham's case, I think firstly, maybe he should be flattered that his training is interesting enough for someone to follow. Maybe the guy is a 38-minute is a 10K runner and wants to understand how to, or is 39-minute and wants to understand how to get to 38 like Graham. Um, on the other hand, if the this whole, so that's the first part of his concern. I thought, oh, fair enough. The guy's spotted him, wants to follow him. But then the comment, great effort, would appreciate a follow back fro <laughs> not interested i would bin him honestly that is that it's like this what is he just trying to because as if there's like a kudos in having a certain number of followers
0: is that what that's he wants exactly to do what it, that's what it sounds like doesn't it like he's just wanting to follow you because he wants to get more followers it's a bit sad isn't
1: it it is a bit like, sad
0: that is i mean i like i mean i'm on stravan like i've you know i'm I've got a few followers and I'll try and follow people I'm interested in or I've got some sort of association Um, and, you know, I'm not very good with social media and and Strava and things, but like, I've got like, no, I'm not going to be like, oh, I've got X number of followers. I've never want to just start following people for them to, in the hope that they follow me back. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a bit strange. Like, You know what? Why? Why does he want to follow back? Like, you know, is it for? Is he? Is he a good mountain biker, and he wants to like get sponsorship and things like that? I don't. I don't know. Who knows? But it's it's all a bit. It's all a bit weird. You know the the time it takes to send a name, send a comment saying great effort. We'd appreciate a follow back from one person. What? What's that one person? If he writes this, follows all these random folk. Um, you know what? How? How much? How? Time consuming would that be? For for what for what output, for what reward would you or outcome would you get? I don't know. So What anyway, mean? If I find out his name. <laughs> I don't know if you want. <laughs> so let's let's keep it. You might be a TRS listener. We need uh, as many followers as we <laughs> joking. Um, I'm
1: trying I'm just trying to work out the if I can if I'm looking on Graham Strava, I don't follow Graham, but he's on he's uh he's locked down so there must be a. There must be a way to find it anyway. So my ruling is not do not give him the follow back. What do, what's your ruling?
0: I would say the same. Uh, unless he's really he's, if he's only got five followers, then just give him a follow, make him feel there. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but why should
1: Graham? Why should Graham have to now put himself through seeing a lot of mountain bike nonsense? <laughs> come on, honestly, like no, this I've I've got friends who bike right, and and if they. No, this is no. They know. No offense. If it's if you're only mountain biking, you're not getting followed because I'm not that interested in seeing it. You know, Strava's Strava is a is a training tool, and I, in the sense, there's, you know,
0: if I'm if this is going to so sound really
1: mean, but unless someone's training is useful to me or I'm interested in their running, honestly, they're not getting a follow because it's Strava. If you followed everyone, imagine you had hundreds of people in your feed. It would well, just be chaos. Enough,
0: I am. Um, I remember, like someone followed me. I didn't know who they were, and I thought, you know, what? I wasn't thinking. I just I followed them back, you know, like in the early days of Strava. Then they messaged me saying, "Why did you follow me?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like, oh, sorry, you followed me, so I followed you. <laughs> that was when I didn't know, the, not the etiquette of Strava, but I just thought he followed me, I follow him, and, he, and then he commented on why i followed him i didn't know why i followed you i don't know do you know what I, I do think, i do uh, like why 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 do you want to follow me and i was like i don't because you followed me
1: <laughs> <laughs> i do like the new feature they've got in Strat, that you can have favorited athletes so for example you're one of my favorited athletes so oh, whenever you upload oh, something you're whenever you upload something it's at the top of my list <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Anyway, Is uh, Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm so uh, I'm humbled to to know that I've reached your your favourite athletes. I don't can I you know I haven't got the premium Strava yet, but I'm gonna maybe take up the two month Strava in the next couple of weeks. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Fee just did
0: that. Whether or not I keep it, but uh I'm looking forward to. Can I don't know if we can favourite my athletes. Who are,
1: I think you can. I think it's. Uh, I think anyone can. Anyone can do it. So anyway, I think we're unanimous here, Graham. Don't follow him back. That's the. That's the ruling here. But uh, I love the. I love the. I love the discussion.
0: Yeah. Wow. Grand. Well, I think, folks, uh, we've 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 actually given you a lot of uh, a lot of chat, a lot of banter, hopefully, um, and uh, a lot of great interviews from Nigel, from Ali, from. Uh, Rod Morrison as well. It's been it's been brilliant. So, will we round off the show, Tom? Let's do
1: that. So, listeners, keep 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 bringing your stories, your rants, your your debates. We, you know, the, the, the court of TRS is here to rule on any concerns you've got. Uh, you can get in touch with us on tartrunningshorts at gmail com. Our website is www.tartanrunningshorts.com com. On Facebook, we're at Tart Running Shorts, and on Instagram, we're also at Tart Running Shorts. And our Twitter is at Tartan Shorts, and of course Kyle and I are both on Strava under our own uh, our own names. If you want to give us a follow,
0: <laughs> yeah, <we. laughs> follow us. We'll give you a follow back if you. If you yeah, comment.
1: unless you're a mountain biker, then you can get <laughs> yeah. Tay,
0: or or a field athlete. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> that's interesting. I'm not sure. Could is there like a shot putt as an activity on Strava?
0: Nah, there won't be. Nah, <laughs> <you> i <think. laughs> <won't be>, yeah. <laughs> said that. Maybe I'm like I don't know something like miserly who knows uh, anyway the, the final thing folks the national podcast awards mm. Um, please vote for us there's still entries are still open i think in the listener's choice so um i think it's open for another week or two so please get your vote in just all you have to do is uh, vote for type in tartan running shorts submit your email address boom that's it that's all you have to do in you know, as t- as Tommy's been saying, we're up against the Goliaths. We're the David, and they're the Goliaths. So it'd be great to to to, to do, you know to to compete for this award, um, uh, and yeah, hopefully we, we can. So um, yeah, that's about it, Tom. I think we will. Yeah, we'll chat to you guys all next week. Um, yeah, and as as always, hopefully enjoy the iTro, the new intro from Ali Sutherland Sorry, not Ali. Ali McIver.
1: Ali McAvoy, who's Ali Sutherland's uncle, we should say, which is a cool, uh, a cool little uh, pub awesome. quiz fact for you. <laughs>
0: there we go. Remember that for our TRS virtual pub quiz. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: exactly, yeah.
0: Right, folks, thanks for listening. We will catch all of you next week, hopefully. Enjoy listening.